say, Ben, mm-hmm. why don't you tell me a story? I think I will. What story would you like to hear? One of the old ones. Okay. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Lady Ahsoka Tano was on her way to go to the planet Peridia, to go to the planet Peridia in a neighboring galaxy that we all know and love. Sabine Wren was taken, and it's up to Ahsoka to get her back and stop the return of one Grand Admiral Thrawn. And that is what we are here to talk about. Episode six, seven, and eight of Ahsoka here on Fake Nerds Watch. I am Ben Magnet. Of course, that is Sparks Witty. And yes. we are also here with our best bro in the world, Ryan Eliopoulos. Hello. Hello. I was about to do something Thrawny, but I, but I lost it. I'm glad to be here, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thrawn's... Mm, now I want to do something Thrawny. It's like, just... Lars, it's it's Lars Mickelson, right? Yeah, yeah. Mads is Mads' elder brother. Yeah, it's it's he's just like so. Oh, so why? Yes, of course. Just that yeah. that that sultry that sultry tone. I was like, we shall take down Lady Ahsoka Tano, and if we lose the mercenaries along the way, those are acceptable losses. Yeah, it's like um he hasn't had a a drink of water and he's kind of parched all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like he's like, I'm really thirsty. All right. So as Ben alluded to, we're talking about episode six, seven, and eight of Ahsoka. That is part six, Far, Far Away, which is directed by Jennifer Getzinger. Uh, Part seven, Dreams and Madness, directed by Gita Vesan Patel. And part eight, The Jedi, The Witch, and The Warlord, directed by Rick Famuyiwa, with all of these written by Dave Filoni. Uh, One man army, Dave Filoni. And we are going to get into all the Ahsoka finale stuff. Uh, so let's... Um, we, are saying to Brandon, we are saying to Brandon T. McClure, if you are watching this, just so you guys that's know. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. We're listening. And Brandon is not here. Um, I think... Uh, I won't say let's go episode by episode, but no. let's try and keep six and seven, I think. Sure. To some amount of a section, and then and then we'll get into like all those finale thoughts. Yeah, don't talk about any of the zombie stuff until the end. We don't need to be uh, talking about all the stuff that happened <laughs> at the end right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so guys, zombies. Yeah. Let's let's pick up at the six and seven stuff, which is like you know we got our introduction of Thrawn. We we've been out for a while, so we finally got to see Thrawn. Yep, got Ezra. Uh, we got the reunion with Ezra, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So let's get into um, just some ooh broad thoughts on. Just those. Uh, try and ignore the finale. Think about just what you felt when you yeah. only had six and seven under the belt. I was vibing. I was vibing. I loved it. Uh, uh, I liked six. Seven is my favorite episode. I don't think. I think it's the strongest episode. I think it's the best directed episode. Just because uh, I think the director is really talented. And I really like them. Um, uh, but I think the action choreography in seven was the best. But uh, I really liked once we got to Peridia. Um, when we first were introduced to Thrawn, y'all. Um, we are we are rebels heads, you know. You mm-hmm. know, we're Thrawn, we're Thrawn boys. So like, we know what we're getting ourselves into. Uh, the question I want to ask is really, um, actually, let me let me get your initial thoughts before I start jumping into stuff. Sorry. Sure. Uh, I like the episodes quite a bit. I also really, really, really enjoy the show. I enjoy this, like as a whole. I really enjoy it. I I don't know. Oh yeah. It it the for me the odd pot uh, the odd pot the art the odd part. Is that I know the show is called Ahsoka, but I feel this is Rebels Part Two, 
or like yep. this is the sequel to Rebels that people have been wanting. It just Ahsoka's thrown in there. But the stuff with Ahsoka is fantastic. And I I really think it's weird. Filoni found a way to do like a really nice happy medium where you care about Ahsoka, but you also really care about all the other characters. And take a shot every time I've said this throughout this entire Fakner's watch of the series. I am so happy I finished all of Rebels before yeah. I watched the show. I am so happy that you guys bullied me into watching that show because everything that happened, like seeing Thrawn's return was just was so much more impactful. And I think that if I had seen Thrawn come back or if I had seen Thrawn and not watch all Rebels, I would be like, who's this guy? Why is he? It's like, why is he so? It's like, why is he so like everyone cares about it? It's like, oh, no, Thrawn's coming back. It's like, who's Thrawn? Now I know it's like and because I know since I watch Rebels, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to sit on this for too long because we've already talked about it a bit in the we previous have, yeah. episodes. Um uh and there's a lot else I'd rather focus on in the discussion today. But like I do think that I don't think specifically in terms of uh for these episodes. Well, I, I, I echo a lot of what you were saying about episode seven, even though on paper I don't think as much happens. Yeah. Um I do think it's one of the stronger direct episodes. Compared to like, man, like the finale's direction. Seven was like a different show, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and uh, I think that's that's really solid. Uh, Thrawn, Thrawn's entrance for me was perfect, and Thrawn's entrance, as I say that, I think I completely recognize that. I don't think it it landed the way it needed to for everyone who isn't familiar with the character. I don't need him to be uh, really impressive or anything in this because we know because i know him and like mm-hmm. i thought like the, the way the orchestra came in the way the shot was built up all that kind of stuff i'm like yeah this works because to me it's the return of thrawn yeah but for a lot of people i would say most people this was the reveal of thrawn yes mm-hmm. and i don't think it had the punch and i was nervous that like after episode six i i like it, him a lot more in episode seven but yeah at, at episode six i was like I don't know that they gave him enough opportunity to leave the impression that he needed to. That's the question I wanted to ask. Because this is, I feel, a similar problem we have with Kingpin in the Hawkeye show. Right. This is a character who, he's the big bad. You know, everyone knows how bad this is. And then he comes in and he's kind of like a pushover. If you watch if you watch Daredevil, it means a lot in yes. Hawkeye. But if you didn't, then it doesn't mean so much. So I, I want to bring this up because, yes, we all, we're all Rebels fans and we know what Thrawn is capable of. I don't think... The, the, the plot of the show is Thrawn has to escape with a bunch of caskets, and that just doesn't feel like a big threat. And, like, it is, because Thrawn is the threat himself, but the entire plot of him being stuck here, uh, it, it it kind of, like, it feels like, not to me, but, like, for a lot of people, it undermines, like, this is a dude who's been trapped for, like, ten years. He can't even kill the Jedi. He's there. Uh, uh, he gets easily thwarted the entire, this, all three episodes of this. Every time he has a plan, he gets thwarted. So, like, he's supposed to be our big bad, but he gets beat so hard multiple times in this finale, despite him getting away. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I understand there's a lot of people who don't think Thrawn is a, is a threat right now. They don't right. think he's scary. A lot of people online are like, he's just like a bad guy with bad blue makeup. And I see that. I, I recognize that. And I really wish people could have watched Rebels to know, like, there is more to this guy. Like, it is the thing of like all of every single one of these shows introduces their villain in, the, in like the last act. And like, and some of them work really well and some of them don't. Um, this is the situation where I think having previous knowledge more than any other experience, it really helps with this show. Cause otherwise he gets his, he gets beat this entire three episodes. Every time yes. he has a plan, 
he's like, all right, ne next plan. And again, that's what he's, he's really smart at planning things, but all his plans fail. So it's hard for me to see the future where, oh, he is this grand master mastermind when he got beat this easily. I really think you know they I mean? tried to play an angle of him knowing that everything he was throwing was a loss. Yeah. And he was just like the, the whole turn on end of episode seven, where he's like, I just needed them to lose time. Yeah. I just needed them focused over there. But here's the thing, like episode seven ends with she lost the one thing she had time and then the next episode she's immediately she's there so she didn't really lose any time e yeah that's the thing well i mean like you know they're still right on the cusp of getting away instead of like we still gotta load 25 percent of the cargo like we can't go yet kind of situation i, think, I hear you yeah i'm that was me speaking to what intent was not yeah. execution yeah yeah um and that's the thing is like again only thinking about episode six and seven yeah when it got to the end of seven i was like all right yeah. yeah, he that that's that's fine. Like I'm fine with him having thrown all that shit around just to be like, yeah, they just wasted time. Yeah. Now now they're sunk. They can't stop us. Uh I know we're at the the victory point. Yeah. Um and I think it's an execution problem. It's 100%, yeah. Uh that, that's a thing for me. Yeah. Uh the other thing is um and this again bothers me less but trying to think about it as people who are New to it. Disconnected from Rebels and all that. Um, I don't think Thrawn should have been name-dropped so much in other shows yeah. before we got to this point. It was a huge I think the first up. time I think the first time Ahsoka shows up, it's fine. Yeah. Um, the 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 reference with Morgan and everything, because like it's getting us to this point, but like the stuff in Mando last season, mm -hmm. boy. Yeah, uh, like yeah. in hindsight, while well, that was it all exciting. Well, I love the Shadow part Council. Of, part of my problem with it is that I'm like, there isn't even any clarity on like, and I wish there was. Like, is he just lying that he has no communicate? Like, this is just a hope and a prayer that Thrawn is coming back because this is this is before we know Mando is before. It's not after. Yeah, we know this because of Carson. Yeah, because Carson references the events from Mando season three. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So, so we know that he's like, yeah, Thrawn, Thrawn's returning from the Outer Rim and all this. And I'm like, is it, is it just all bullshit? Um, and that sucks because that feels like that's just there to have queued people up for Ahsoka. And I, I just, I think that that was a misstep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We gave too much oxygen in that Mando finale to Thrawn for it to be like, yeah, they actually haven't talked to him at all. Yeah. And I do like, you know, uh, uh, I do like Morgan. Uh, I think Morgan Elizabeth is a cool character. Uh, I like, we, we get introduced to like, uh, witches of Dathomir, which is so cool. <laughs> like I never thought, like, I, I sh I'm sure we would see them one day in the future, but not like, not in Ahsoka in a distant galaxy. I think that's, that's pretty cool. I know some people have problems with their makeup. I'm like, I'm all for it. I'd rather them look like kooky witches than like try to do something that doesn't look like what they're supposed to look like. You know, I'd rather them lean into it than not lean into it. Um, yeah. Did you, Ben, cause I know you didn't watch a lot of Clone Wars and I just, Rebels, there's not much of that Death and Mirror stuff. So how do you feel about cool green force witch magic? Oh, I'm all for it. I, I look, whenever they, like when the, the Night Sisters or the Night Mother, the Great Night Mothers, when they showed up and I'm like, oh, this, okay, this is some cool shit. And with the group with the creepy green force magic and all the the stuff that they can do, this is Star Wars. I just accept it. I'm mm -hmm. just like we have people with laser swords and they can move stuff with their mind and they can do so many cool things. It's space magic. I just don't care. I am rolling with this. It's oh, yeah. a I don't need it explained. I don't need it all um like it's like, oh, it's the force, but it's not the force. They're tapped into the party. I don't need any of that explained. It's just like 
the weird space magic shit is going down. I'm for it. I'm just going to yeah. roll with it. When and when uh, our last episode, I did some like speculation of like, we're going to an entirely new galaxy. Like the rules could be different. And it turns out it's pretty much just another Star Wars galaxy, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, but what I did in- did like was they did introduce the Force Witch magic, which is new to a lot of people who didn't watch the animated stuff. Sure. So them seeing green crazy magic uh, 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 turning, oh, that's episode eight, never mind. But like seeing uh, what they're doing uh, uh, is, is really cool. Oh, they're also, I don't know if you noticed, like they're named after the three fates. Uh, from like mythology yes. uh-huh. and they have like the three uh, the orbs that are supposed to be like their eyes like that's fun just so much myth- mythology stuff in here there's so much lord of the rings and narnia throughout this entire thing because feloni's a big a big uh uh old school head like that um yeah yeah i think i i i'm really glad that they went this angle of like the night sisters and the the them working with thrawn um it that has me excited like again going going into this really feeling confident as i as i was mm-hmm. that season one was not a one-off and like you know we're gonna get more uh so that it doesn't have be to tell me all the story in this one go um i'm stoked for like what the union between thrawn and the and these uh great mothers means yep. and like what he's gonna do with with night sister power behind him um i think that's a really smart connection to make inside the world of Star Wars to put Thrawn with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, really am intrigued by that. Going back to Morgan, um, I don't much care for Morgan's character. Yeah. Um, this is one of my problems with the season. Let me, I mean, and I, like, I think she's a cool thing. I don't think she's a great, like, depthful character. Yeah, I yeah, think she's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, and part of it is, like, go, going back to the point I was making earlier, if we'd had some indication, anything, that Morgan was the person fueling the Empire shit. Yes. Uh, that were I was referencing in Mando season three. Those whispers are coming from her. Yeah, you could say that's implied or like that's a thing that's happening off screen, but they don't state it, so yeah. that connection is not there. As far as I'm concerned, it has not been established. Uh, and there's something to like be more developed about what Morgan's willing to do, what what Morgan's willing to to uh, foster by having injected that into what's left of the Imperial forces as this idea of like Thrawn is coming back. This is the thing. But what she's chasing isn't Thrawn. Yeah. She's after the the resurrection of Dathomir. Yes. Um, and that's also something that's super underexplored for her personally, for her as a character. I don't think it's there. Enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, w- I will 100% agree because throughout the show, I thought she was just like the biggest Thrawn fanboy. That's why she's trying she- so so hard to get him back. And then in later on the in the show in the episodes when it's revealed that she just cares more about Dathomir than Thrawn, it's like, do you not? Know I'm not. I don't. Is? I don't hate. I don't hate that because at least shows like more of her character. Like she actually right, right, has right, like right. Her own allegiances. Oh no, she no, gets I, I, there, but she gets there and she spends her whole all her time like staying next to Thrawn's side, being his soundboard for whatever his plans are. Yeah. When, mm-hmm. like, if the thing she's there for is actually the resurrection of Dathomir, as it is seemingly said to be, mm-hmm. then wouldn't she want to talk way more with the Great Mothers? Wouldn't yeah. she want to way more be connecting See, with and them? this is that thing where we know a season two is coming, where I'm not satisfied when you know a season two is coming, because then you have unanswered questions that, like, you have to wait when they could have been answered in here. Sure. That's that's one of those sticky situations. And like, yeah. there's two characters that we'll talk about who don't even show up in a finale because they're 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 a season two character. And I'm like, well, that's shitty. That sucks. Uh, but mm-hmm. Shin and Balin do show up in six and seven, thankfully. Yeah. Plenty. Um, um, gosh, uh, Ben, you have anything more to say about Morgan? Uh, the de- the Great Witches remind me of the Ben and Jessica from Dune. I'm pretty sure yeah. that oh, there yeah. is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. But like the whole. T- 
the whole time I, I saw like when they first showed up, I just I was just I could just see Ryan pop like it was like Ryan, you were sitting next to me while I was watching this, and yeah. you were like the Bene Gesserit. Ben, the fact, real quick, that, that you that you said the Bene Gesserit from Dune makes me the happiest person alive because you know what that means now. And I'm just like, wow, that's like the deepest cut of like nerd shit in the world. Like, you know what the Bene Gesserit, dude. You made it. You're here. I uh, love it. Uh, hey, you had us read Dune before the movie. I I really enjoyed that book. I had a great time reading it. And I am just now glad that I am a Dune head. I like Dune. Dune is great. Hell yeah. I think this is a note that applies more to episode six and seven. So I'll bring it up here. And I know you you feel maybe even stronger this way about it than I do. Um, Ezra and Thrawn have not changed enough. No. Um, no, it's, no. And, and like, I can kind of accept Ezra's amount of change uh, although we'll get into how the finale completely like pivots away from it. But the idea that like Ezra's kind of developed a, a more calm relationship with the force, um, which is, is even something he was struggling with right up to the end of rebels. Mm -hmm. um, he's much more in tune. And so that I, it's kind of a cop out to say like, well, his relationship with the force has changed, which means like, even as he is being plucky and spunky and bringing as much of Ezra as we knew him to the character and not showing a lot of like those years on him. Yeah. Clearly things have changed because his relationship with the force has changed. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get the cop out there, but Thrawn is essentially Thrawn from the end of rebels. No change. Not and, at all. and like, I wanted a, I wanted kind of knowing the character I wanted someone who felt more dangerous to me. Yes. Um, because he's been pulled away. Because, like, uh, one of the things is, why does Ron even give a shit about the Empire at this point? I, so, okay, I was, I, we were eventually going to get to this point. Yeah, yeah. For the Empire. This is all book shit. Yeah. Thrawn is only working for the Empire to help the Chiss Ascendancy. Right. So, like, the problem is nobody knows what the hell the Chiss Ascendancy is because nobody knows who Thrawn is. So this is all stuff that we cannot that not, we can talk about that the show and the movies cannot talk about till they introduce it. Right. So there is an exterior threat in Thrawn's in Thrawn's unknown regions that is coming to destroy them. He's using the Empire as a scapegoat to help destroy them. Then the Ascendancy will destroy them in the end. It's 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 the old Yuuzhan Vong thing of the Emperor, but it's recontextualized with Thrawn to make it better. But we don't have any of that knowledge yet. So. so it's all just Thrawn works for the Empire now when he hates them. And so part of my problem with that uh, is because I know exactly the thing yeah. that Ryan just said. And like when you have that context, Thrawn being like, I'm going to go back and rebuild the Empire. And I'm like, you got the witches. Like, why not just like Dathomir at this point is probably a more powerful force than any Imperial force you could. All the remnants. What's left. Yeah, just a bunch like, of stormtroopers. What? Why? Why are we going back and trying to rebuild the Empire? I'll, I would trade up to zombie witch magic over just stormtroopers any day of the week, especially Thrawn, who's, who's like a, a scientist, mathematician, and, and like, who knows what Ryan said about the fact that we haven't introduced Thrawn's motives in that way to the the shows or films is the reason, but it's it's not a good enough reason for me to like. And I don't think it's interesting to people who are just meeting Thrawn for the first time that he's just like, yeah, basically, to, to most people, Thrawn is just blue Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Uh, now coming back to do what's le do whatever he can with what's left of the Empire. Also, he kind of has some witchy friendships. That's yeah. yeah. That's the um, thing I've seen uh, real quick, Ben. I've seen on like, like someone who, who is, didn't watch Rebels. Like, to me, Thrawn is just another Moff Tarkin. Like, he is a dude who will probably get beat. Uh, and while, yes, he did show some tactics in here, all those tactics, again, got beat. 
And like, again, our heroes have to win, but it's a type of situation where you're introducing our Thanos villain for the next couple of years. Like he's gotta, he's gotta be more imposing. Some yeah. like, I, I don't need people to die. You know, this isn't a stakes thing, but like, you gotta make me think that he's a bigger threat than mm -hmm. like the one Jedi he couldn't kill for 10 years. Like why, 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 why were they? I don't know. I was, I had some hopes when we, we meet Thrawn and Ezra who have been stranded on this planet for 10 plus years or however long it's been. It's, it's been a decade over. or longer. Yeah. Decade, yeah. It's been a very long freaking time. I was kind of hoping to see Thrawn a little bit more unhinged than than rather than business as usual. Now, I don't know what, what Sparks was referencing to about the ascendancy or whatever, because unfortunately I've never read the Timothy Zahn books. And I know that fans are just the second they said Thrawn was coming rebels fans of those books were frothing at the mouth. It's the second um, he was announced that's made me read those books. Yeah, and because to me, Th Thrawn is just the guy who not only drinks the Kool-Aid, but makes the Kool-Aid and adds in all the extra spice because he is like so pro-Empire that it's, he doesn't care about anything else. I was, part of me was really hoping to, for him, like when Morgan shows up and she would tell him about what happened, like a quick little overview of what happened the past 10 years and him like going a little bit more unhinged at, after hearing that the, the Emperor is dead, the New Republic has been established. And he's like, oh, this has got 10 times more personal now. I'm ready to F some shit up. Instead, he's just like, eh, okay. And I know we, we, we've been talking about how he's like sending people like all of his plans have been have been failing. I see him more as his whole his main end game goal was to get out. And he did achieve that. It's true, yeah. Because because we know what because the one thing I do like about Thrawn, even in in this iteration, is that he is still that master tactician. Where it's like, yeah, I'm going to lose some battles, but this is to get out and win my war. And yeah. once my main objective has been complete, doesn't matter. That's what ha shit happens. And was it episode eight or episode seven when he asks about who Ahsoka Tano's master was? I think that's episode eight. Okay, well, uh, get not the end of the episode. Seven. It's the end of seven, yeah. Just like I, I was hoping for a little bit more uh, um, throughout that whole thing, but at the same time, still we, we're getting another season, so we'll get some more stuff there, which cool. But at the same time, I was like, just that his his reaction was like, Ahsoka's master was General Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Don't worry, you, you you might not get Thrawn talking about Anakin, but you get plenty of Anakin in the rest of these episodes. Don't worry. Very he keeps, true. He, they'll keep showing I, up. I'm so glad he and Christensen's back. Hell yeah, dude. Get that, he, get that money, dude. He looks like he is having... So, I know this is going way back to the, our previous FNW, but he's looking like he is having the time of his life. Yeah. And I am just so happy that we are now at a place where it's like, hey, he's Anakin Skywalker. We love this guy, and I'm just—I don't know—I'm just happy to see him back, and he's having fun. I'm just happy about that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, there's that. There's that wonderful like she's watching the old tapes of his training, his training videos. And, like she has like you know twenty recorded like get fit with Anakin, the volume mm -hmm. seven. Uh, I wonder if Luke any watched any of those tapes to see what his dad looked like when he was younger. Uh, I don't know. Maybe so maybe later. all those tapes. Maybe later I, on. So, oh, oh, what? Sorry, Sparks. Really quick, one more thing because I talked about Thrawn about how I was hoping he was a little bit more unhinged. Ezra. I didn't want him to go full like hardcore pacifist mode, like whole like full jet monk style. But once again, I was hoping for like I don't know. I don't I don't know what I was hoping for. 
when I for I mean, don't get me wrong. When he when we finally see Ezra back on screen and him and like he's just standing there, I was just I had the dumbest smile on my face because he's back. I loved Ezra Bridger in Rebels. Yeah, I I don't know. Part of me was just hoping for more of a change to Ezra for being away for so long. Because as Sparks, as you mentioned earlier, he has his relationship with the Force is a lot more calmer and he's much more. I don't, I don't want to say nonviolent, but he's just more like chill. He's chilled out. I don't know what I would have wanted, but part of me, like after when we get into an episode eight, he's just like Ezra just seems way. I don't know. It, it's it's odd to say about about Ezra like Thrawn. I was like, yeah, I was hoping for a little more and hinged a little more. Maybe him slaying a little more on the. Um, I don't want to say crazy scale, but I'm I'm going to say crazy scale because I can't oh, yeah. think of a better word for it. Whereas Ezra, I don't know, maybe someone who truly was at peace and he's while well, he's happy to see Sabine, maybe part of him doesn't want to go back to the galaxy, to the original galaxy, because he's made a life and he's made a home and he doesn't want to go back to it because once he sees Sabine and she tells him, he's like, I don't want to fight anymore. He can't he can't leave his little boyfriend. His little, his hands, his, <laughs> little, his tiny husband. The Nodi are awesome. We'll talk about them shortly. Uh, yeah, uh, I love the Nodi. Amon, Amon Isfandi, who played Ezra, is some of the most perfect casting for, for any of these roles I've ever seen. That dude, despite like whatever you want the character to be, I think he emanates Ezra very, oh, yeah. very well. Oh, I, think, I think that dude is so well casted. He has such an energy. Uh, just like the way he speaks, I'm like, dude, that's that's a kid growing up, dude. I can't oh, yeah. believe it. Oh, no, I no, love no. it. The actor who plays Ezra, 10 stars. All, all the all the props. It's like you are Ezra Mother F and Bridger. I I love the pacifist route he went. I I kind of wish he would have stuck with that the entire way. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't need a lightsaber ever again. And the part like, and there's so much of Ahsoka telling him it's not about lightsabers to Sabine, and then him not using lightsaber. I wish it would. I wish they kind of just like. There's a lot of lightsaber fights in these last three episodes, and I like a lot of them. But like, I kind of wish we kind of would have stuck with the thing you're telling us about these characters. Yeah, not to yeah. get too deep into the finale, but yeah. very much when we got to episode seven, and and we have an Ezra who refuses He's to like, pick up the take the lightsaber, says the Force is the only uh, weapon I need. Absolutely. I wish we'd gone into the finale with that because there's just a lot more to mine out of that. Um, you the the longer a distance you put between that moment and the next time Ezra does choose to pick up a lightsaber means more. Absolutely. And the fact that it's literally just the top of the next episode is like, yeah, all right, I guess. And it's a great moment in, in episode eight, like which we'll get to, but like, I like, it would have been so cool to see him do like the Mace Windu Clone Wars attack stuff, like for the entire yeah. the entire three episodes. That would have been awesome. Or yeah. like, or again, not to get too deep into the finale, but like this moment doesn't exist. But I'm saying a moment that could have where um, he has to use Sabine's lightsaber. It's like uh, yeah, in or in a moment. Uh, because he just can't do anything else in that yeah, moment. Yeah. And like, I, there, there's just ways to make those choices mean more. Yes. And like, what Ezra has uncovered out there and what that means for his character mean more. Uh, and he didn't they, wanna... just, they just like sidestepped it entirely. He didn't want to take Sabine's lightsaber. I gave that to you, it's yours. And then he immediately just makes a new one. And I'm like, it's just like, I, I mean, I, again, I like that moment, but I'm like, man, you could have been an unarmed monk and you would have been so cool. Like the perfect D&D class. That's so cool. Like, it's okay. Yeah, I was there were times where I was hoping for Sabine to like take your lightsaber. This is yours. This is yours. And then Ezra go, no, no, it's your lightsaber now, which is kind of like what um, Hu Yang said at the very beginning of the show, where he said, this is just as much yours lightsaber now. It's not Ezra's anymore because you've made modifications to it. When I'm like, okay, yeah, I do kind of like how it's Sabine going full circle with her lightsaber training. And that's pretty cool. Um, 
but yeah, with Ezra at the top of episode eight, where he just builds his new lightsaber, part of me was hoping for a more intense moment that he realizes that I have to get no, no, there's nothing I can do. And he accepts that he has been part of this fight for so long and he doesn't really even realize it. And he has to get back into his old ways again or not his old ways, but he has to pick up a lightsaber. He has to acknowledge that he doesn't want to fight or you know, stuff. Just, just a little more gravitas yeah. there. And I don't want to say, I, I don't want to bash Dave Filoni because I do like what Dave Filoni is doing with these characters. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I know after seeing this, it's like, there could have been more to mine in there. I, there could have been more. I, now I don't know the stuff behind the scene. I don't know Filoni's process, obviously, but I just feel that there could have been a lot more in there to make. I mean, cause I still enjoy these episodes a whole lot. I enjoy this whole show a whole lot. I just feel that it's like, we know there could have been more, just a yeah. little bit more. And we might get gotta, it in a later season. I don't know. But yeah. as it stands, it can't like, be the excuse for everything we talk about though. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It can't be the excuse. It can't be the excuse, but it's like, there could have been more. I still like the product we got. Yeah. But it's like, My qu- I have a question. Um, yes. Do you guys care or need more information about why Ezra and Thrawn didn't do anything in the last 10 years? Do you need more information about why there was no conflict? Why Ezra just got away? Thrawn, Thrawn sent, he said he sent dudes out, but he, he never could find them. But like, and I Ezra, feel like Ezra it, said that he woke up, which was an interesting beat that we just brushed yeah, over. That's a, but he woke up, he woke up the great mothers and then Ezra couldn't go near the place anymore. But that's not enough for personally. I need a little more because like, that's a lot of information oh, in yeah. one sentence. I, no, and I think like the reality is that like, yeah, uh, you you needed to create. So it's I I don't relish the situation because you're trying to introduce these characters to someone new. So then having to like not only try and make them approachable with the backstory that you already know other people have from Rebels, yeah, but also have to make in brand new backstory of like what they were doing there and put all that into this show that's supposed to be about Ahsoka, yeah, at the center of it. And like that's not an easy thing to do. Absolutely. Um. So I don't relish that. But like my ultimate point is no, I agree with you. Like in a storytelling perspective it doesn't make sense that Ezra and Thrawn seem to like get to their positions and then just wait. Yeah. That's the thing. And yeah. go in a holding pattern. And, and like, uh, it, it really feels like it, it feels like they were moved off the board just so that they got on the other side of the original trilogy. And now they're coming back. Yeah. Part of, I was hoping after we saw Bridget, that the opening of the next episode was Thrawn and Ezra arriving to the planet and then being separated Thrawn going, I want Bridget. Like, Maybe this is where we see Thrawn's eventual spiral into madness. He spent 10 he, years trying to find this guy one crazy. I think that's yeah, a little that, more interesting. Yeah. And he could have like, and then you like, you see Ezra befriending the Nodi. Um, the Nodi? Nodi, yeah. Yeah. He, you can see Ezra befriending the Nodi. You can see him training more with the Force. You're getting that, you're getting all the Chirut vibes from, uh, from Rogue One. Absolutely. And becoming like this force, like this unarmed force master, this grand force master who doesn't use, who uses the force to deflect and instead of, you know, to attack. And then you can constantly see Ezra, like it doesn't have to be the whole episode, but it could be like, you know, maybe the first 15 minutes of vignettes of him engaging with Thrawn's forces slipping away and Thrawn just ever going deeper and deeper until the great, he meets the grandmothers and the grandmothers are like, Hey, Let's focus on our thing and not him. I don't know. Once again, could have been more. 
Uh, yeah, uh, you're 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 wanting the HBO episode that is either a whole episode dedicated to that time gap or doing flashbacks from the moment that we're in. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Uh, like, I don't disagree. I think that would have been cool. I think it would have expanded on those characters. I think it would have given the opportunity, like once you meet Ezra and Thrawn in episode six, that the next episode logically should have been an episode that told us about what's been going on between the two of them over that course of time. So y yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. The show is is called Ahsoka, yes, but the entire plot is to find Ezra Bridger. So, mm -hmm. like, if we're focusing so much on Ezra Bridger, we need to know more about Ezra Bridger. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. He is the MacGuffin of the show, but he's also a character, so we need the character to be expanded on upon. And it's not just for people who watch the show, because, again, 99% of people watching the show did not watch Rebels. Mm -hmm. So, like, you just need to do a little more legroom for people to care about Ezra yeah. and, and, like, the Thrawn situation in general. Uh, I think also they're, they do a disservice to... Ezra's character um, to not have Sabine talk about the choice she made uh, with him. And I think the way that they sidestep it so often is really jarring um, because I, and I think like the answer wouldn't have been that complicated. I can totally accept an Ezra who hears Sabine made this choice that will lead to Thrawn returning to the galaxy and rebuilding the empire and says, that's okay. I understand. We'll, I understand we'll, we'll figure like, it out. Yeah. And, and it doesn't need to be a thing where like he, he punishes her for making this choice. But the fact that Sabine just like uh, avoids it endlessly. Yeah. With Ezra like multiple like, episodes where she's just like, ah, I don't know. Like, just, mm -hmm. it wasn't a good no, like, This isn't like, oh, I like forgot like to go on an appointment. It's like, no, the, the, the worst villain in the world's returning and it's my fault. And we're just going to sidestep it for the show that it's Well, and on. I think like the bigger problem I had with it is that like, it, it doesn't look good on Sabine because it makes Sabine like it's like Sabine doesn't care about the choice she made, except in the context of people being upset with her for making it. Yes. And like she's not weighing what it means not that she made that choice, not accepting what it means. Like and it's fine for her to have made that choice. I made this argument last time that like I, I think this is a perfectly logical for Sabine in the moment. It makes sense for her character, why she makes the choice and everything like that. And that's fine. But. It's, it's a disservice to the character to not let her take on the weight of that decision yeah. and, and and like have the other characters around her say like, you know what? You don't need to. Yeah. Like that seems to be part of the point. It's so weird because like it's there in the language, like the very opening of episode six is when Hu Yang is talking with Ahsoka and, and she's saying if she hadn't made that choice, there'd be no Thrawn, no war. And Hu Yang's like, and no Ezra. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and like to make Ahsoka think differently about it. So when she talks to Sabine about it, it is different, but Sabine's not having any of this internal conflict, or at least not in a way where we're like, she's just like, Oh, that's like a wacky story, Ezra. I'm just not going to title you about it. And yeah. like, it, it doesn't work. It makes the character seem superfluous. Yeah. And that, I, that was the biggest problem I had. Like <clears throat> I expected in episode eight, not again, not a come up, and it's not for her to be punished, but just like Sabine, you you did something that we need to talk about, and like Ahsoka kind of just forgives her because like, hey, you know, things happen. I'm like, I, I just like no the point, consequences. Anything. The point, the point being that it's fine for Ezra and Ahsoka to be at a place where they say nothing about the decision you made means that you need to feel bad about it. Yeah. But Sabine should be in a place where she thinks the decision I made means that I need to feel bad about it mm -hmm. because of the things that it can mean. And it should be something that's there. But again, like they just make it seem like the only thing she cares about is what people will think of her. Not the fact that like what the ramifications of it actually are. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, that's just not Sabine. Uh, yeah. 
that's a confusing choice. There's some emotional stuff that I, I, I needed more out of that character a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I love, though, and I got no complaints about are the Nodi. Yeah, no yeah, complaints. The Those little crab, lobster, turtle man. Oh, my God. A lot of them look practical. Beautiful. They are adorable. They are so cute. And I love them, and I will, and I will die for them. I uh, they'll definitely be. You know, did you see the droids that showed up recently at Star Wars Land, Ben? Yeah, I saw. Them. Oh, I saw. Give them. me a Nodi. Give me a two hundred dollar Nodi. Someone will buy like a little Grogu. Make it happen. Yeah. Uh, again, like y'all can. The internet can say whatever they want. Y'all, man, he was holding hands with that little crab man. Okay, he was Good. holding hands with him for a long time. So I'm just saying, like, what are you gonna do for Tiny Husband? His, like, whoopa, whoopa, whoopa. You know what they're whooping in those cases, babe? Come on, you know. Um. We got Balin, we got Shin. Uh, they're, they make a really interesting decision. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just isolating it again, not taking in the finale or anything. Yeah. But the uh, the Balin's, uh, you want the Empire. That's where your ambition. You is. want power, and my ambition is in a different direction. Yeah, uh, and that they're separating over that. Balin's probably the most interesting character in the show. Oh, I, I don't think that's even and it's such again like we've said it this entire season, but like Ray Stevenson is such a gift as an actor. He really brought something really cool to this character, and like clearly we were like, is he going to be important for like the next season? Yeah, clearly they're do they were going to do something massive with this character, and it's such a shame that he won't be around. But they have to recast him because like. Yeah. Everything involving this plot is now going to be like like about him apparently like on this planet, which is really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about episode eight stuff, but like um, mostly the stuff in six and seven are involved with just them fighting more. There's a lot of fighting, a lot of good lightsaber fight. You know? There is, but I, to touch on Balin for a hot second, um, I love how Balin Skull isn't a Jedi, but he has Sith. I mean, obviously he has Sith tendencies like the red lightsaber. He uses, he's like, he's, he uses violence to, to reach his end goal, but he's not after absolute power. Mm-hmm. He's after something else. And you're absolutely correct. He is, he is more interesting in that way because like, he's talking to Thrawn and he's talking to Morgan. And he's like, you want the empire? You want all this? I want something completely different. And Thrawn's going to help me with that. Like he sees Thrawn as a mean to his own end, but it's mm-hmm. not like absolute power. I don't know if it's like knowledge or a deeper understanding. And I 100% agree. I am so, I am so upset that, I mean, obviously he passed away, and it and it hurts because he was amazing as Balin School. I was I loved him as Balin. I have I know that whoever they're gonna recast, it's keys that person that actor is gonna bring, do a great job. But I am very bummed that it's no longer Ray Stevenson. He's so good. He is. And he, this is what he did a lot of episode seven, but like in episode, he just kind of like looks into the distance and like looks pensive. He's so good at that. He's got such a good face for it, looking like he stern. Is. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to pass over what I think is one of the most important things. Again, like things that we like to highlight about Balin's character when he and Ahsoka clash in episode seven, and he says, "I thought you died," and she said, "Disappointed," and he says, "No, no." Because yeah. he doesn't want Ahsoka dead. This is the whole like thing that's so interesting about this character is that like he's at odds, but he's not that person. Yeah, uh, who's out for these things? He is the most fascinating and interesting character. Yeah, he's, I, go ahead. He is a to put him in a D and D class. I feel that he is lawful evil. Yeah, as in he doesn't. I mean, he's willing to do evil things. But he's not willing to just go on an absolute rampage to do. He's not just a murderer for murderer's sake. Right. He is like 
like well like what spark said the moment where he he and Ahsoka are fighting and he's he's happy he's where he's not upset to see her alive he's like yay you're you're still here cool and like in it's we don't know how long him and Shin have been around, like together. Like you know, it could have been a year, could have been fifteen years since the trial. You don't know, but like they she clearly, could be his daughter. No one knows. Absolutely, like they clearly have an incredible bond. Uh, but like that bond is so strong, he knows that like his path is not her path, and I think that's really cool. Like because they could they could have done something really lame, or like oh you know I thought I was chasing one thing, but it is power that I wanted. I am a villain, and like that's so less interesting. So like having like. Having like the, the 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 two go separate is so is so interesting because again they're on the same planet so they will reconvene eventually. Yeah, you know one through the force, one through being a mercenary captain or whatever. I think because uh, there's a lot else to talk about in the finale, we can just talk about where Shit and Hottie end up because again it's only a few seconds. Yeah, but, like that part we can talk about. And I will say that there's been some some rumblings about um, that a scene is missing uh, because of the loss of Ray Stevenson, not being sure where it would go. That um, we would have opened the episode with the scene we get of Balin. Uh, the shot with the statues and everything. Oh. There would have been a final moment at the end of the episode mm. that was queuing up what that story was going to be in more full mm -hmm. uh, and that they took it off the board because they don't know what they're going to do right now. That makes sense. Um, and I, I suspect that there's a good chance that's very true. Um, so it, it's tough. It's a tough position, but like it's obviously very exciting to see just just in the idea of what Balin is heading for that that glowing light in the distance that uh, the father is pointing to. So Ben, yeah. uh, you don't need to watch seven seasons of the Clone Wars to understand this, but you do need to watch like three episodes of the Clone Wars. That's all you got to watch. Watch I the Mortis arc. Just watch the Mortis arc. To be perfectly honest, I'm probably just start watching Clone Wars just for shits and giggles. Because I have started Clone Wars. I'm not 100% sure. out of Clone Wars. And I have seen some Clone Wars. Now I just want to watch more just so I can get more Anakin, more Obi-Wan, more Ahsoka. Because the people have been like showing around clips online. And I'm just like, you know, I I really should have watched this show. Because when... Sorry, I'm about, to, I'm about to ramble. But because after watching Rebels, it's like I should watch more Clone Wars. And now after watching Ahsoka, I'm like, I should definitely watch more Clone Wars. And now it's just like... I should just keep watching all this extra Star Wars stuff because not only is this really good, it's it's great. It's fantastic and it brings more context to all these live action bits. And I don't want to sound like a gatekeeper that is like, this is required viewing because obviously it's not. But it does bring more gravitas to the reveal. Like uh, what Sparks when you said a lot earlier, when Thrawn's reveal, like for if people didn't watch Rebels and they see Thrawn for the first time, they're like, who's this, who's this blue man? This is weird. Why aren't you in Las Vegas performing with the other blue men? And <laughs> and but for all those who did watch Rebels, it's like we're kind of like everything just like puckered up and we're just like, oh, shit. Just just to your point, Ben, I do feel like there are a lot of people who are familiar enough with the stuff who have criticized Ahsoka's use of of characters or things like the Mortis Gods, things like that with the like Leo meme of the pointing and like, Oh, I know that thing therefore important. And I'm like, I, these things don't, none of these things I would argue in the show feel like they're there for the purpose of, uh, to make you remember nostalgia kind of thing. They're right. there because they're the logical connections of how the story is mm -hmm. being built out. Yeah. And that yeah. these things that have been in shows before are coming back around in an important way. None of them feel like they are the uh, throwaway just reference to, to visually remind you of something. Like it's right. very important that the Mortis Gods are referenced. Yeah. It mm -hmm. tangibly, 
a representation of the son and the daughter are both now on this planet where the mm -hmm. Mortis God statues are. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very curious if Balin, we're going to find out Balin has a deep connection to the father. Yeah. Right. And, um, and he's, he's rocking the beard like, the, oh yeah. What I love about how Filoni writes his stuff, and this is true in Rebels and this is true in this show, because like you said, uh, Sparks, it's not just, oh, I, I, it's not the Leo DiCaprio meme where it's like, oh, I know that thing. It's, yeah, it is that thing, but this thing is important. There is a reason as to why the thing that everyone's pointing to is there. And yeah. I think that's one of Filoni's great strengths as a writer is because he is really he is able to take that those nostalgia bits, those big Star Wars like uh, plot lore, these really big events, these big ideas, and he's able to put them into his shows, but you know, add meaning to them, add reason to them. It's not there for yeah. memberberry's sake. It's there because it's important to the story. Yeah. Right. We're at a point in in nerd culture where where, you know, so many things get re-referenced, you know, sequel, legacy, all the stuff that were like the Leo meme is very much like that's what people think of fan service. And there is a difference between fan service and just storytelling, which right. is what this is. It's right. just continuing the story that Dave Filoni was telling in those other shows. And people who didn't watch those other shows think that's what it is because that's what the internet tells them what it is. Right. Like they don't just watch a show and go, oh, this is just the natural progression of a story. Like, oh, it's a thing from the other thing. But but they're like, yes, that's oh, true. They only have Anakin in his Clone Wars outfit because they want to make a reference to Clone Wars. I'm like, no, they were trying to tell you something about Anakin's relationship with Ahsoka. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, All that stuff. That that stuff is there. Like you kind of have to look for it. Like yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it is kind of thing where like yeah, like if fans don't want to see it, they're not going to see it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Seeing Hayden Christensen in the Clone Wars outfit was great. Yeah, but at the same and he's time, still the best lightsaber person in this entire yeah. show. This is a, this is a big one where um, just a quick example, like you were referencing earlier with liking the hologram training video. A lot of people felt like that was like oh a Hayden Christensen appearance too far, and I'm like. I, I really feel like the importance of that, I know you heard me react to it because we were listening to the Ringiverse at the same time when this happened, but um, that, uh, uh, as Jomi said on that show, it's there because my reading is she's stopped watching those ever since she lost Anakin. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time she's watching them again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that that means something. Like, it's not just there for nothing. It's there because, like, for the first time in forever, she wants to she's see able him. to connect yeah. with Anakin again. Yeah. She couldn't look at him or see him, but now she's she she's okay with it. Right. I be after her encounter in the worlds between. I mean, even though she knows that Luke brought Vader back from the brink in that in those in those small moments that return after Return of the Jedi, I could still see Ahsoka not wanting to go to those recordings because she's like, I fought Vader. I was there. I know what Vader did, and I know that was Anakin. And that her experience in the in the in the realm between has her like maybe instead of remembering what Anakin became, remember what Anakin was. And I 100 percent right. agree with Sparks that um the Hayden Christensen, like we're seeing the hologram videos, I 100% agree with that. It's like, yeah, she is finally watching these again because she is now remembering who Anakin was, not what he became. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, let's, because uh, there's obviously a lot of thoughts we have about the finale. That Hold we on, get to. one, one um, more thing about uh, six and seven. There's, there's a little bit of hair stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's some hair stuff. No, this is what I was going to say. I was okay. going to say, like, I, I want to run down some some choice moments I know for sure in episode six and seven. Let's go to the Hera thing. Um, the the council judging her that piece of shit. 
uh, <laughs> who, who won't leave her alone, who's definitely a plant. And, 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 and Ozio or whatever, yeah, uh, the blue hair. Uh, uh, yeah, trying to get her court-martialed. This was uh, such an incredible way. And again, people do the Leo meme, like, oh, C-3PO shows up. I'm like, yo, Carrie Fisher's dead, y'all. What do you expect? <laughs> they can't get Leia. What do you expect? Yeah. Like, that was not a problem. Like, that's a character who's in this world, tied to these characters. Like, just because a famous character shows up doesn't mean it's fan service. This is Star Wars, y'all. It's right. like it's, connected. And, it's and so also, it, it also it makes sense that Leia would send 3PO to give the message to Chancellor Organa. It's like, it makes sense. I, it's what, a message. What, it's not like when, when 3PO showed up, it's not like, oh my god, it's, it's fan service. I'm like, yeah, look, he's work. 3PO is Leia's droid. Yes. Let, uh, let look, it just, what, Yes. 100% removed from the loss of Carrie Fisher and not wanting to de-age and, and their absolute resistance to wanting to recast a young actor, whatever. Um, would Leia as a character have shown up personally that meeting to give him shit? 100% absolutely, yes, she would. But she can also send 3PO. And in a way, it makes her think of him less. That's the thing. She sends a droid to tell this message. Like, you're not even worth my time, Inazio. You're not even worth yeah, my yeah. time, shitty Yeah, dude. it's like, you're not going to include me in a meeting that I should have been made aware of. Well, guess what? Here's my droid to tell that's, you, shut the F up. This was my mission. That's exactly what I thought. And I love it. I love it. It's very Leia. For, it's, it's very nice to know where she's involved. It makes it feel, again, like it's still entrenched in the world that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I love Anthony Daniels. I'm always happy to see him show oh, up. Yeah. 100%. Like, I have yeah. no problem with it. And we wouldn't have got that chopper joke where he's like, oh, with this droid with and the chopper's like, you want to fucking fight, bro? <laughs> Carson's like, hold him back, hold him back. <laughs> I have no. loved people turning that into the, like, the two girls and the cat oh, yeah. at the dinner table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, the, the oh, God. I just, also, I just love how the internet has been like, th that they took that screenshot of Carson holding chopper back. And it's like, if you'd have told me that was Chopper on trial for his war crimes. I would believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just love how the the entire internet has has taken Chopper and be like, oh, it's our our favorite little war criminal. Bro, and I now that he's around Galaxy's Edge, I can only imagine how many oh. times uh, guests at Disneyland would go up to Chopper. It's like, hey, Chopper, commit war crimes recently, and all the actors at Disneyland have to go, ah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little murder, man. I would love like a one shot comic of like them putting Chopper on trial for everything he's ever done in the universe. And it's just like a 40 page, 40 page of like Chopper. You've killed like 20,000 people. <laughs> and, and Chopper is like, and I'll fucking do it again. And I'll do it, I'll do it again. Love it. Uh, yeah. That's pretty good. Um, there have been others who have said just in general, like the scene touching base on Hera and like what's happening with her was also just not needed in the show and a distraction to which I'll disagree because by the time we get to the end of the finale, we have Hera reuniting with Ezra, which we'll, we'll get into later, mm -hmm. but um, you can't have that without us knowing how Hera got out of being arrested being in trouble. So um, yeah. you have to give us like the, the, the beat. And I think it's a fine it's a fine prologue opening to episode And it's seven. not like it's, it's 20 minutes long, which no, no, takes no. a I long think time. I think it's a fine prologue opening. We get more Mon Mothma, and I love that actor coming back from Andor and, and episode three and all that, uh, getting to do more with her. Oh, yeah. I also think that's super important. So um, I, I have no qualms with it. I thought it was executed perfectly perfectly well for what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, and and if anything, it's, it's making me believe at least like the people who live in this galaxy are aware that some of them who have fought in the war are like, Thrawn is a threat. And if he comes back, it is a problem. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a problem. Like and like it, and it shows the, you know, it's unfortunate that we have to make the new Republic so goddamn stupid. Yep. Um, because 
the sequel trilogy has to happen. So we have to make them so stupid. Yeah. But we have to make them so stupid. I feel bad for Mon Mothma because she fought so hard to get where yeah. she is and now. She's just like a lame duck president. Like, like nothing gets done. It's so bad. Moth- uh, Mothma, Leia, um, even like Hera and Carson. I would say especially Hera, Carson, Carson and Leia. They're just like trying to tell that, you know, try to tell the sentence like, look, shit's bad. We really need to do these things, and the Repub- and the Republic Senate is just like, eh, nah, it's fine. We don't have to worry about yeah. it. We won. We're we're, yeah. we're we're sitting pretty. We're happy. Like even um, I don't know. I don't know why I thought about this, but it brought me back to an episode of Mando where they were scrapping all the Star Destroyers. They weren't even recycling. They weren't doing anything. They were just like you know taking ripping out and taking away every single remnants of the Empire. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there going, I'm pretty sure that there's some old republic or there's some rebel soldier like maybe a captain lieutenant who became a politician because that happens after when sometimes that happens like you know generals be in our own history generals become presidents like ulysses s grant they would see this like we look the empire sucked but these weapons are valuable we could still use them give them a new coat of paint take them over and the I don't know why I thought about that. I'm well, that's sorry. what I'm the Republic is doing now. I, but yeah, but in that, I'm in that again. Vein, sorry. In that vein, it doesn't make sense to have a guy sitting there arguing like there is no credible threat that the Empire is returning. When earlier in this show, Grant, they lost Gideon. a base in Corellia. That's true because they were full of Imperials who were trying they to lost a like, star lost just... one small sect of people, and I'm like, they're so dumb. Them plus the shit with Gideon, which also they mentioned. That's two separate instances of Imperial remnants. Two is more than enough for me to take this threat seriously, but I'm it's not a like, politician. It's like the Doofenshmirtz meter. It's like, if I had a nickel every time, I had two nickels, now, but it's weird that it happened twice. There is... There is the reality of, like, politicians do suck, and when mass atrocities do happen in the real world, nothing does happen, which is true. Look at the world now. It is true. But yeah. this is also Star Wars where, you know, we can be a little, we'll be a little. Well, like you got to have a man in the room who's sitting there actively saying like, that's not real. Yeah. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. I'm going to run down a couple of thoughts from episode six and seven before we move into the finale. Um, uh, this is just a visual thing. The view of the Purgle mouth uh, at the very beginning oh. of episode six from inside uh, of it. Yeah. The ship looks like the back of the Millennium Falcon, the way that it's sitting in there. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that we get like the slit through the mouth. I yeah, thought yeah. that was cool. Um, we referenced it at the very beginning of this episode, the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I thought it was kind of cute. That is cute. With Hu yeah. Yang. He could potentially be our storyteller. That's cool, cool. Uh, oh, finding out that, um, the ring around, uh, Peridia oh, is, is, is a graveyard of whale bones. That's dope. That was a dope scene. That was a dope revelation. Yeah. Love really it. love That's that. That's where they go to die. Yeah. Um, the, it stinks of Jedi moment. Where I thought for sure the Great Mothers were talking about Balin, yeah, still smelling like Jedi. Oh but yeah, they're talking about Sabine. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, real quick. Um, I, you you mentioned like Episode Seven probably has like the least amount of like plot stuff, but I do think it is the best directed episode. Yeah, I think the action is good. There's actual like dynamic camera movement. Like it was like going from seven to eight. It was almost like whiplash. I'm not gonna lie, especially when you watch an episode multiple times, which I never do. Holy shit, do I start to notice things that are bad? Oh my god! Uh, episode seven is the best directed episode. Uh, it was so good. That action was so fun. I loved it. I wish Greta could di- direct all these episodes, but that's not how it works, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, we learned in episode six that Balin seeks what he calls a breaking of the cycle. We also should have talked about this for Balin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Balin sees 
the poetry at Ryan's loop of Star Wars. He sees says, George Lucas and says, we just do this over and over. I want to find a new beginning, a new way. That's so, that's so fascinating. Cause I'm like, I just going off the mortar stuff. Like what, what are you going to do? Right. Like what? I, that's so fascinating. Like that's, I am so excited that we will get more into this. Cause I, I'm, I'm really curious, but I'm like, I couldn't even like, like post postulate like what it is like i have no idea and if, and if some uh, as some have alluded to um because he's referencing like going back to a beginning he's seeking a beginning um you know we know the mangled film is coming around the dawn of the jedi yeah. and that these things might have some language that's tied to each other good lord i hope so yeah um uh if it truly is meant to be what it seems it's meant to be um so we'll we'll have to wait and see what people have to do. been, and I and I hundred percent think it's wrong that Balin is like he's searching for the world between worlds so he can go back in time. And I'm like he's not. I don't think he's doing any of that. I don't think he's gonna go and try to do a time reverse. No, I'm I gonna stop Palpatine before it happens. I, think, I don't think it's that. I, like in a in a very layman's terms, without getting like into the minutia of how I think they'd actually translate this, a really basic idea that I think they're going for is that Balin wants to reset the balance of the Force. Yeah. Like, kind of start the whole thing from scratch. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a time thing. I think he yeah. just wants to bring it, the counter back in a way where it's not looping on it. What if he wants to, like, destroy the Force? Uh, yeah, I, I've wondered that, too. Like, to get, like, so, like, everyone's just equal footing. Yeah. Because no one should have this power. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't talk about Enoch. Uh, and the night troopers, but their designs are sick. They are the that's legitimately probably my favorite stormtrooper design. When we first see Enoch's golden mask face, we, I, we were both like, "Whoa!" That, yeah. that <laughs> is a, a uh, black black figure. Is that what they called like the the black the, the black, black series? series? The black series. That is a black series figure because I got Amanda behind me. For you sure. can't see, but like Enoch is the coolest stormtrooper I've ever seen. That I'm so glad he survived because like yeah. that's a famous actor. That's a dude who leads the Expanse, the TV show The Expanse. He's a famous actor. So everyone's like, "Why did you cast this famous actor?" And I'm like, "This isn't the first time they've done this, y'all." Thankfully, he survived and didn't get phasma. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> or like uh, when uh, um oh God, James Bond, Daniel Craig. That's yeah, just a cameo. You. That's different. I know, That's it. I know, but you're, but yeah, but uh, um, when uh, Phasma happened, I was like, yeah, Enoch is awesome. Enoch. I love Enoch. He's he's Enoch cool. also Enoch also has a really great die well. Uh, yeah. Uh, goodbye yeah. to Sabine when he sends her off, and I'm like, man, what are these these guys give me an idea? They've been through something. Yeah, that Thrawn does not. Absolutely. Um, Thrawn. It just thought it was cool that Thrawn knew General Balin's goal, like showing his knowledge of like certain people in the Clone Wars, things like that. Yeah um oh real quick uh for people who who didn't read the books thrawn hung out with anakin once during the clone wars and he saw how mad that dude was so he he immediately the second he saw vader and talked to vader he recognized it was anakin yeah and i'm like dude thrawn you're so smart you're a cool dude you're so good you're like a detective uh and these are a little bit uh just like in the order of the episode so um the wolf the wolf bat creature thing that uh, uh oh what do they the call mouse? them what do they call them like, like howlers. howlers howlers they're awesome uh, they're really cool they're they're a mix of practical and cgi they're riding horses with like fur on them and then they give them like cgi dude it's incredible dude. they look really great they do um and uh when balen's asked if he misses the jedi order by shin he says i miss the idea of yeah. the order mm. which i also think is an interesting uh read into his psyche going on to stuff from episode seven um but 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 uh oh another bonus of having the hayden like the virtual training thing asajj ventress's name is finally said in live action oh my god Ooh, yeah bro that's I, that's the one character where like 
I don't care about canon. Bring her back because yeah. she got yeah. taken out in a book like a fool. Yeah, That's and she like bullshit. fell in love with a Jedi. This it's such uh, it's awful. It's I'm never, awful. I'm never gonna get off my like make a so- make an Asajj Ventress video game. You cowards! Um, I would well, die. Another, She's my favorite. Reason- Another reason why I want to watch Clone Wars is for more Asajj Ventures love. Because all right, so favorite, quick, like, quick little yeah. side ramble story. When my fiance and I bought the Star Wars villainous game and we saw all the villains on the bat, Asajj Ventures was one of those villains. Sure. And my fiance is like, who's Asajj Ventures? I'm like, oh, she's one of the big bats in the Clone Wars show. And you know how in Villainous they have all these really cool art for the clone for um their for the Disney characters? All of the characters in Asajj's deck are all Clone Wars designs, and I think that's yeah. really, really cool. It's not um, Ewan McGregor or Hayden Christensen, but I 100% agree with you guys. Bring Asajj Ventress back. Her death is bullshit. Right. It, it was really great to hear her name. Um, she's she's an exceptional. It's it's so uh, not only to have like a cool uh, lady force wielder in general because we only have like Ahsoka yeah. that we usually reference, but also. Uh, a, a like Sith esque one uh, is really cool, and she's the fact a that we don't use her more is like crazy. She me. is a baddie. Also, oh. don't know if you guys noticed this. For some reason, Hayden looked better in the Clone Wars armor in this than he did in the in the like. I think it's because they, it was hologram, so was I able to obscure it a little bit more? I just felt like it looked more well cut on his body oh, for sure. some reason. Like like they just gave him a different cut of it that yeah. day, and it I... looked better. I didn't notice. I was just flashing back to the first time I saw Asajj and Tarakasi's Clone Wars series, and I thought she was mm, awesome. And then right. there was an episode where Asajj and Obi-Wan in Clone Wars, Clone Wars, where they had to work together. And I love how she gives Obi-Wan one of her lightsabers and says, I want that back. And Obi-Wan, being the sassy bitch that he is, goes, red's not really my color anyway. <laughs> I'm like, that oh, original, yeah. We watched some of that like, so like a year ago or something. Man, yeah. that shit's the best. Um, uh, going back to... Um, you know, we said that Balin is probably the most interesting character of the show. I want to argue that the most valuable person of the show is probably David Tennant's Hu Yang. Oh, he's so good. Um, oh. He adds so much to the show. Absolutely. Uh, by proxy of being uh, the, a person in the room to have conversations with characters that are like thoughtful, well needed. His banter is really strong. David Tennant's like giving it 110% yeah. in voice work. Uh, Hu Yang has been such a great character. Just wanted to spotlight that. True. Can I talk about a moment real quick in episode eight yeah. that I really loved for some, I, I don't know why I love this moment. I just do. But when Ezra's back on Ahsoka's ship and he's yeah. building his lightsaber and then Hu yeah. Yang hands him the emitter that um, Kanan had. And he says, I remember when I get Kanan took the other one, I was there and he's, they're just like talking about Kanan Jarvis. He's like, who touched your head with a lightsaber? He's like, Kanan is like, Oh yeah, I, of course. How could I forget about Kanan? And what's and- so awesome is real quick, man. Sorry. Uh, he he calls him he calls him Kanan, but then he calls him Caleb, which is mm-hmm. his real name. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's something like I didn't catch the first time I watched it because it happened. It was, it was quick, but I'm like, damn, that's really that's a good little touch. Yeah, that's it awesome. Is. Yeah, it is. It's, it is. no, it's it's one of those things where like that was one of my favorite like emotional moments in the show was this reference to like I held on to this in case Kanan ever needed it, and it's exactly what Ezra wanted for his lightsaber, um, which was also a way to explain the like more narrow designs that we it's had too in the narrow of Rebels, yeah, yeah, uh, for the emitters, um, which I thought was cute, yeah. But again, like, is also encapsulated in the scene where I'm like, kind of wish Ezra wasn't building a lightsaber right now. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, yeah. The first thing he does in 10 years is just build a weapon. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. W- once again, I kind of wish that there was like something happened where Ezra realizes I kind of do need a weapon now. And then he builds his lightsaber. But yeah. the moment where him or Ezra and Hu Yang are talking about Kanan, 
just brought a smile to my face. And it's not a major moment, but to me, it was just one of those things where you can tell how old Hu Yang really is. Right. Like he's a 500 plus year old droid. And he remembers. Oh, no, sir. Oh, he's he's so much older. 25,000. Never mind. That dude just will not die. He was, he's, he was (laughs) dropped off by a little blue box. He was dropped off by the TARDIS. That's canon. That's straight up canon from a book. He's he has been around since like the dawn of the so, Jedi. So it's not it's not true true canon. That is in a book in a way where Jedi younglings are talking about where did Hu Yang come from. Yeah, and like the 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 the, the most common uh, story they hear about where he came from is he was dropped off by a little blue box. Um, I'll take ah, it. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll, uh, I'll take it. I don't care. Uh, Uh, In episode seven, we also get, I thought this was just a visually incredible sequence going back to like well-directed on top of that, but like the VFX on this, I think are really good. The minefield that they end up in when they are approaching Perdia. Oh, the whales. When they come out with the, with the Purgle. Yeah. Um, I thought that looked incredible. I was like, we've never seen something like that in Star Wars in in like space set up for having a minefield like that. I thought it looked exceptionally good. Absolutely. Yeah. And and the second they drop out of hyperspace and and you hear the thuds, I'm like, no, Purgle. And then Hu Yang's like, oh, thank God, the whales are taking cover for us. I'm like, Hu Yang, you bastard. <laughs> it's like part of the times it's like, Hu Yang, I love you. Other times, Hu Yang, have you been hanging out with Chopper too much? Yeah, the whale, the whales heard Hu Yang. You're like, oh, yeah, we're bouncing, bro. <laughs> it's uh, like, oh, F you, bro. Yeah, that was good. Um, and then uh, last notes on episode seven. Um, these are two uh, separate beats, but they are both about basically, I think, maybe the best or most like, yes, you've captured the character performance moments from these actors. One is for Rosario Dawson when it's Ahsoka and and she's saying to Balin uh, when he says like, um, you can't kill me. And she says, perhaps I don't have to. Yeah. That perhaps I don't have to moment is probably the most that I've been like, holy shit, there's Ahsoka. Yeah. uh, With her. Ben, you brought, you said when in your overall thoughts earlier that you love Ahsoka. You didn't say that when we first started the show. Right. So are we all like, do we all like where Ahsoka is now as a character? Because I do. Yeah, I'm into I'm, it. I'm, I'm like her, her growth. I will, yeah. I will say, I think we've taken like a, uh, like in a, in a broad strokes uh, way about the season. I think we kind of took um, the easy way out of her growth into this, you know, the Gandalf, the white-esque style um, that I kind of, I don't always love the idea of, I encounter thing and thus I am healed yes. fully. And I know that's kind of like, but, but I feel like the Gandalf context like works differently because Gandalf, just the way that Tolkien writes it, there's something more beautiful about yeah. the way that transition works and all that kind of stuff. And for Ahsoka, it doesn't have the same like gravitas. I, well, things like, Oh, I now think differently about Sabine, but only in the, like, only in the context where I won't reference that the way I was thinking before was wrong. Yes. Uh, or things like that. Like, there's no amount of her, like, while she is coming and treating Sabine better now. There's no acknowledgement. And being, wanting yeah. to be a better master. There's no acknowledgement of her failure before. That's true. That is true. And I think that that's taking a little bit of an easy way out on Ahsoka. But that's like a, a, a way characters written thing. Performance-wise, yes. Like, I'm happy with Ahsoka. Yeah. I love it. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um uh thrawn's uh this the other one is for um Lars Mikkelsen I think thrawn's really slimy confidence that he's outmatched Ahsoka in terms of time she lost the one thing she couldn't afford to time yeah uh at the end of episode seven I also think it's like thrawn's maybe best beat maybe maybe except for his the final one and, the in the finale which yeah. we'll get to absolutely um so let's move on to the last episode uh the finale because I'm sure there's a lot of thoughts here so uh, this is about a lot of I have I'm so conflicted on this episode because in terms of the story, everything that happens, I love it. I love 
what they're doing with with the troopers and like getting off the planet. It's just all execution for me that I really had a problem this episode, especially watching it multiple times. But sometimes I wish I again I never do because I focus on things more. But like the direction of this episode is is the flattest of the entire season. The 100%. the choreography is bad. It's just bad. You know you you start noticing things where people are just they're just swinging lightsabers at nothing. Stormtroopers are shooting at nothing. People are spinning around and getting attacked when they shouldn't be. Uh, and this is Rick Famuyiwa who directed Mandalorian finales. Like that dude does good action. I don't know what happened in this finale. For me personally, uh, I love all the cool things that were happening, but the way that it was executed, I was bo- I was bored. Uh, I was bored. I'll go I'll go to uh, like on on paper. One of my problems with the episode is that there's no sense of tension or stakes about yes. the fact that Thrawn is about to take off. Like they are leisurely traveling yeah. on the ship. That's on their way to to Thrawn, and I'm like, why yes. is this what we're doing? That's why yeah. at the end of episode um, seven, he's like, you've lost time, and it's like. They're, are they they're going so slow <laughs> and i'm like why why is this uh like and then all of a sudden they have to pick up the pace yeah um but once only once they don't have the ship and i i just didn't understand that choice um i felt like you could have you could have just kept the tension high to have thrawn come out to disable the ship faster because he saw them like getting closer at a higher speed it just took so much wind out of the tension and stakes for the episode mm-hmm. um the idea that there is a timetable didn't feel real at the beginning of this episode Absolutely. in a way that i feel like it needed to it was a race it was a race and the episode did not feel like a race and it should have felt like not only a race but a race that thrawn had already won that's that's yes what i needed was an ozzy mendeus i did this 35 minutes ago moment and I don't know how they would have done it in here, but like I did. But there were ways. But there were ways. Like obviously, like Thrawn needs to escape, and that's him winning. Yes, you said earlier, Ben. Like he does win, and our heroes are trapped here. That is a victory for him. But I feel like he lost ninety nine percent of the way there. So it doesn't. He did. Like yes, he won. But I feel like he won by the skin of his. To be teeth. honest with you, to be honest with you, I think the thing would have been, and it would have been hard to like. You would have lost certain beats. Um, you would have had to have him leave like behind a hologram message. I think. But the thing is, because they oh, get yeah. inside, they get inside of the fortress, right? Yeah. Well, by the time they get to the top, the ship's not there. The hyperspace ring isn't there. Yeah. He already left. Yeah, and then there's a hologram. He's already been gone. And that message, the exact same message he gave Ahsoka could have been on a hologram. Yeah. And like, sorry, girl, see you later. Yeah. Like, that would have been so tight. You know what it felt like? It felt like at the beginning of this episode where the timetable is there, but it's... It kind of feels like the final act of a video game where you're about to go fight the final boss, but that's the one part where you can get all your side quests done first and then go to the final boss. Oh, so do everything before? Just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like picture following the characters once they're inside and they're fighting all the night troopers, they're having to deal with Morgan. They're maybe thinking they're hearing like radio commands still come into Morgan from Thrawn. Uh, and they're, they're they're fighting through all that, and they're like, we gotta get there, we gotta get there. They finally get to the top, and you've been with them that whole time inside, and you get there at the same moment as them and go, he's already gone. That ship already left. Mm-hmm. There's well, no way to get out of there. I'll even take them running up the stairs, and Thrawn is broadcasting the same exact speech, and the second they get up there, boom, they go. Yeah. Like, any type of tension. Because, mm-hmm. like, but, but the, they but take the, their but the challenge, time. But the challenge of that, and I kind of get the point of it, the challenge of that is that Ezra doesn't go then. Yes, you need that and moment like, with Sabine. And like you wanted Ezra to go. Yes. And I I get that that's there and like how do you do both? But but like from 
maybe there was no good way to do it. And I do wonder, like, is it is it really more worthwhile storytelling? I don't know what they're planning to do with Ahsoka and Sabine on this planet going forward. Yeah. I'm, I'm obviously interested in it, but I don't know what it's going to be. And I'm like, did Ezra need to go or did Ezra need to stay? Which was the better story path to yeah. make this strong moment in this timetable thing feel like it landed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have seeing Ezra and having the the having the reunion with Sabine was really nice, was really great. I'm kind of conflicted about Ezra, essentially Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka switching places again. Yeah. Whereas now, and don't get me wrong, I loved how Ezra saw Hera, and I love... Um, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. Ben, why was he wearing his Stormtrooper helmet the entire way there? Yeah, I know, that was, that was dumb. And it's like, <laughs> why did they hug? Why did they hug? Like, I don't get it. A lot of people have said this, and I agree with them. I'm like, I, I don't understand. I like the emotion of of that reunion should have been like Hera's like a mom to to a hundred percent. It's weird yeah. that they didn't. That's go her and hug son. Each other. Yeah, part of me was actually kind of upset for when, like when he like he, when he sees Hera, he go he doesn't say, "Hey, mom," because yeah, she is a mother figure to him. Yeah, um, the chopper scene is cool, but again, like I, it's so super silly. He's just like, I'm just gonna wear the stormtrooper helmet. For yeah, just take the helmet got, off, dude. Got, you're, to, You've got two actors giving their best like emotional performances that they can while also giving the direction like, but you have to stay standing where you are. Again, that's the thing. And like, it's like, eh. The direction is so flat in this entire yeah. episode for not just the action, just the blocking of, it's just, it's a it's a boring episode in terms yeah. of, of shot composition and everything, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but what I was also thinking, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so I don't know how I feel about that, about Ezra leaving because it's like, great, we have to go get Sabine again we have to do the whole thing over just to get him back into the because i i have because i i just don't know how i feel i don't know if that was the right bit um it and i do agree it's flat like yes they're giving a bit a big emotional performance but i do agree they should have like uh harris should have just dropped everything and gave ezra the biggest hug she could well i'll Uh i'll say ben that i i personally went into this pretty confident in the last few episodes that Thrawn was going to go back and either none of our heroes or at least not all were going to go back. Someone was going to be left behind. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm perfectly fine with it being Sabine and Ahsoka. I think there's going to be another, there's going to be another way that they find to get home. I don't think it's that someone else is going to have to come and fetch them or that kind of It'll be some new, there'll be, there'll be some other way that they get back. Yeah. But well, if they did fix the ship, so they could just go back up and be like, Hey, Perkles. That seems like, but no, but this is where they come to die. They don't yeah, true. like true. Uh, like I, I, they, I don't know. That seems it would seem a little lazy to me to just use purgles again. Yeah, in where they are now. Yeah, I feel like there's something else that they're going to uncover. And like again, you've got Balin there with his whole connection to something. Like I do think that's a worthwhile story to explore. Sabine and Ahsoka having to be there. It gives Thrawn this opportunity to kind of like without some of the major players that know how dangerous he is and yeah. can put up against him. Being on the board, Thrawn's able to take root in the main uh, galaxy. I think that's really cool. I'm not surprised that they went for it. Yeah. Um, it is one of those things where, like, I kind of don't want Ezra to necessarily be stuck there, but I'm like, I just don't know what the value is right now because we haven't seen what that story is going to be in Ezra being the person who gets away. And if it was worth not having a better execution on the stakes of this finale. Yeah. And my question is for next season, now that we have... We, we have characters left Perdia, uh, right? We have so many storylines to follow now. We have Balin, we have Shin, we have Ahsoka and Sabine, we have Thrawn and Ezra, we have Hera and the Republic. That's all in one show. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of storylines to follow for next season. They've spread all the characters apart so far. And again, all the pretty stuff, well, will, I, all I the pretty argue, stuff will come together. Well, I would argue that um, I wouldn't be surprised if what, we get another show. N- no, well, well, m- maybe, or or at least like some of the Republic stuff now gets tied in, into the Mando. Mando. That's fair. Because, that, no, they will do that because right. I think the Ahsoka show might actually just stay where Ahsoka Pretia. is. Ahsoka is not pretty a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for at least a chunk of its time Do you, oh, um, until they get back because now all of our Republic heroes can tie in with like that Thrawn build-up stuff that's going on. Now, question about Mandalorian Season 4. At the end of Mando Season 3, it looked like they're going to back to a basics. It's Grogu and Mando doing Mandalorian stuff again, right? Is Mandalorian Season 4 now going to be a Thrawn show? Because they have to build up to that movie that's coming out soon, right? I think I, I'm going to say it. I'll say it this way. I, I think that Thrawn will be behind things even maybe indirectly that are affecting the things that Mando's dealing with. Now that he's back, he, he, the, the, the empire is going to consolidate in some capacity. Right. So that is, that is something for Mando and the new Republic to follow. Something. Well, and, that like, is a good and like Carson's probably going to call him out for something. Yes. Yeah. He already said he was probably going to do that. Okay. So that's a good point. Okay. So some of that story in here can get translated Mando. So that alleviates some of the scare. Cause you see what I mean? Like there's like seven storylines in one show to follow. I mean, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of threads. You're going to get like five minutes of character in these episodes. It feels like the but, other so that thing, makes sense. The other thing is also to me, is that it'll be really, it's going to bother me. And I feel like it's, it's possible if Ezra's going to be like, yeah, I'm not really sure where Thrawn went. And I'm like, he was with the great witches of death. I I'm going to be so good oh Lord. God. I wonder where he went. But the thing is like, why wouldn't the Republic go deal with it right away? And you're going to have to make that argument. That's the thing you feel like, because, because even if it's not the entirety of new Republic forces, we yeah. know the position that Leia has in commanding their battle uh, stances, you would think that, especially with her vote of confidence, Leia would at least send some people to Dathomir if Bro, they know that he's there. You just need to send one scout troop to Dathomir. Like, oh my God, there's a ship with a hyperspace ring. We got, like, it takes all, it's all it takes. And they're going to have to do some real heavy legwork to not make that the case. For sure. Uh, and that's a tricky, tricky pickle. Unless they use, like, dark force magic to make them invisible. Which is fine. That's cool. I don't care. Use force magic. How do you guys feel about to be being a Jedi? Okay. Uh, I will, I, I want to get into it directly this way, which is that I have zero problem with the lightsaber grab. Um, I think in a moment of uh, un- being under duress and when it is, and, and that that's the moment that calls out to her, 100% totally fine with it. That's a good moment to do a force thing. Throwing Ezra with the force and having the confidence that yeah. she could do it mere moments after that, not so good. Okay. Didn't like that. I'm really glad. Yeah. Do you, do you agree, Ben? Um, hundred percent because okay. when Sabine, because <clears throat> go back into rebels, when Kanan says everyone has the ability to use the force, mm-hmm. that's like, he's right. Cause the, like even when Qui-Gon episode one, the force is in all living things and, you know, binds us or Obi-Wan, it binds us, it put, keeps the galaxy together and the force is in everything. Everyone can use the force. There's more people who are more sensitive because, you know, reasons. Yeah. Does the lightsaber grab? Mwah. Chef's kiss, full circle. It was great. I was like, that is perfect. And she, Sabine realizes she can. She just needs to hone it. The second she's like, I can push you. It's like, bitch, no, you can't. Okay, I, real quick. I, yes. Do you guys remember? This is the exact thing I was talking about I didn't want to have happen. This entire show. This is what I was afraid of. I don't care that Sabine has the force. It's that she gets to level 100 immediately. That's what, that's the exact problem I have with it. Yeah. I don't it, care that well, she has the force. And and I, and I wasn't afraid about it because I thought we were going to get exactly what i said minus the throwing ezra thing no because here's the thing i really want to point this out because i think this is really cool if you note 
Sabine's journey with the Force is exactly the same as Luke's. Yeah. Which is that the first thing that she does, that we see her Force talent showing up, is that she communes with Ahsoka about where her location is, which is much the same ben. as Obi-Wan communicating with Luke uh, uh, when he's going for the Death Star. What's the next thing Luke did with the Force that we saw on screen? It's that he grabbed a lightsaber. And that's exactly what Sabine did, was grab a lightsaber. Yeah. I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah. I really like that those journeys feel mirrored. We're making small there. progress. Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, and, I, and the other thing was, 100%, I wish that it had gone a different way in the sense that, like, I think you could even do the same thing and make a more interesting character choice where Ezra says, okay, you jump, I'm going to toss you, and then you're going to pull me with the force. And Sabine doesn't have the confidence she can do it. Yeah. And he's like, Sabine, we got to do it now. And she's like, no, I don't think I can. And so Ezra just has to go for it and do the jump. And he makes the jump without the force. Uh, I would have been honestly okay and with I think, her and trying I think, it and failing. Mm -hmm. Like she's doing a little bit, but it not being enough. Because like, it's just, you just can't go from zero to a hundred. Like, but then he man. dies. <laughs> no, I know. But like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? They're, they can always figure something out. Just, sure, sure. In the writing. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, I don't. I like I never I, I was so scared of this because like it's not like I hate, it's also I don't hate Sabine I love Sabine I don't hate Jedi I don't like I like yeah the Force it's, is special and everyone can have it but not everyone needs to be a super monster about it this is right. this is like not everyone should be throwing like the Force unleashed on their first day of training it's, it's the confidence it's a confidence that that like I'm like that Sabine is the one throwing out this planet I'm like I don't think she she should I don't think she should have this confidence again like that's why I go back to like I think it would have been. I think it would have been more interesting for Ezra to be trying to encourage her to go use the force. And she's like, even though she just did that, she's like, I don't, I don't believe I can do that. I can't pull you. And so he has to just make the jump by himself. And it's, and it's, I do like the moment that she stays behind for Ahsoka. Like that's a nice. Love moment. that. Yeah. Love that. I love all that. It's just like, I wish there was a different way for Ezra to get on that ship. Cause like, again, I have no problem with Sabine slow, becoming a Jedi. It's just like, I don't need her to, to be brandishing level five force abilities when she's level yeah. one. Yeah. And again, it's the force. Like this is all made up bullshit. And some people are totally fine with this, and I get that. But, like, when you give everyone force powers like this, it makes it not special. Mm -hmm. And, like, like being a Jedi, being a force wielder, like, everyone has a force, but not everyone's a Jedi or a super force. That's, it's still special, you know? It's, like, you gotta, like, not earn it, but, like, I don't know. You it's have just, to spend time on You it. have to spend time on yeah. it. And, like, it's okay for, it's like, training. again, like, that's why, like, the, the lightsaber pull works for you, works for us. Yeah. Is because it's, like, this moment of duress, it's a very quick action. It's, like, this is, this is, the, there's something about the way that, like, the force has been given to us. Yeah. Where it's, like, that feels like something that would be, like, the most immediately in her range. Yes. But the, the idea that she can, she has this idea that she can push Ezra with the force is, like, I don't know. That feels, that's, it just is a step too far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when she grabs the lightsaber, it yeah, because we talked about we talked about Luke, but also it reminded me of um, not to bring the sequel trilogy into this, but it reminded me of, of Ray and on Starkiller Base when she sure. snatches a lightsaber, yeah, and it's revealed that she like I mean we know that she was strong in the Force the whole film, but when she takes the lightsaber away from Ren after his fight with Finn, it's like that's like that's that yeah hell yeah moment you know it's like i can use the force now i just need more training i just need more practice with this because i'm able Absolutely. to do this one small little thing which is grab the lightsaber her being able to push ezra's like that yeah like ryan said that has a level five thing you do you just got to level one you just you maybe went to level one to level two but or at least you just opened up the new skill tree at the very bare minimum dave and, filoni gave her two codes yeah 
barely gave her cheat gave her the cheat codes. I love uh I love Death Troopers. They're there's they're really fun in Legends. There's a great Legends book where Han and Chewie are aboard a ship with zombies. I think it's great. Boy howdy. It's just so boring to watch. It's just on multiple viewings. Like they're like I love a slow slow zombie, but like the choreography is boring as shit. Uh, they're slowly they're like walking too. upstairs. They're like mixed too. Like there's the slow moving ones. There's ones that have more hustle. I don't know if that's supposed to be like some of them are alive. I think I have seen people say some of them, not all of them died, but like it's hard to differentiate that when like yeah. you show a green glow and then it disappears. Um, yeah. The coolest uh, of the, the green glow look in their helmets looks really yeah. sick. The coolest yeah. of those were the, were the death troopers, uh, which, which the ones uh, up top that they're fighting the bean and where, Ezra the skull, where the bottom of their jaws were. That was dope. I wish more fights were like that one. That one yeah. was okay. Um, I will, I will say, the reveal that when the witches turn like after after Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine take out the, that that battalion of stormtroopers, and then the witches do the thing, and you see the right. green eyes. It's like I was like, yes, yes, and then yeah. it's like the rest of the moment is like, oh, okay, because yeah. you're right, right? Because it was boring. Like their first reveal got me hyped, and then as the episode came on, it's like, are they like, what's going on here? Again, Why fakes, is this so lame to watch? The stakes aren't there because I know. Well, I'm, I, I don't expect my heroes to die, but I expect them to have some type of resistance. The zombies just like they get shot and they come back up, and I'm like, so we're we just gonna do this for 20 minutes? Like, what? Like, what? Where, where's the where's the fun here? Like, after a while, I'm just like, no, I get it, guys. Y'all are slow and you break through doors. I get it. Uh, some positivity about uh, this this moment stuff because I I don't disagree, yeah, but yeah. just like there's other things I want to highlight, yeah. and it is uh, the music, really incredible music, just in general oh, across yeah. the show, but specifically there's a dance macabre. Uh, esque violin sound when they're first bringing these troopers back oh, to life, yeah, 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 which is really really great. Um, I think the score is just incredible for this for the the the, the ending music for this finale episode music is is, is beautiful. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Uh, so really really like that. Um, I really appreciate that there's this bit where um they're fighting back the troopers and. Ahsoka notices that Sabine can't really reflect the, bol the bolts oh, back. Oh, he's also just so hitting he says, the head. Too. So she yeah, says, yeah. "Switch to your blasters." Yes, uh, and I appreciate that again. It's like recognizing that her force stuff just isn't there yet. Yes, I agree, hundred percent. Um, it's pretty. It bummed me out that like we build up to this fight with Morgan, and I'm like, I couldn't care less about Morgan. Like, I, I just like this means nothing to me because yeah. we, we haven't given her enough for it to mean anything to me. Yeah. Other than that, her and Ahsoka fought before and she gets the blade of Mother Talzin. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But like. That, so, again, like that one is cool, but it, it ends up leads to nothing because like she gets taken up. But I do I do like Thrawn. And he's just a guy of like Morgan. We need more time. And she immediately knows what that means. And I, I, I like that moment because sure. like Thrawn, no matter how how. Uh, how close he is to like one of his like one of his people he will sacrifice anyone to get to, to to get to his goals no matter how like cool he might seem he will still sacrifice everybody and everything to get to his goals uh fun fact about uh diane lee in sonatanto uh she's related to bruce lee and that's why she's such a good martial artist uh that's that's really cool i forgot nice. to bring that up throughout the show but yeah she's a she's a uh I, I have no problem with Morgan going out like this and, yeah. and like being the sacrifice pawn for Thrawn and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just wish we got more of her character. Like, what is she dying for that she believes in? Oh, just a little bit Dathomir. more. Just a little bit more, obviously. <laughs> but like of like what what for her did, is does she believe in so holy? I, I do think like there it there's a lot of unanswered questions I think are fine to leave. Like, what are we doing? This is the beat where like we should have known what is Morgan's uh 
happiness and and motivation out of getting those cargo uh coffins off yeah. of the planet what is that specifically because that makes morgan doing this mean something yeah because it's what she's dying for mm-hmm. and i would almost almost be okay with it if morgan were a new character but she's not we've seen her before right and we she's been building this up for for years now at this point so like the fact that we don't know more about her years later is a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and being a cool sword lady can only do so much for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, One thing that I, that I caught, I don't know if you guys did is that when Thrawn tells Morgan that he needs more time and then she understands and essentially leaves her to die. There is a shot. It goes from Thrawn about talking about how it's like for the empire, but then there's like a shot over to the knights, to the, to the great witches, the great mothers. And they kind of give Thrawn this like little side eye look and i'm thinking ooh, could this be the beginning of a thread where they the witches turn on throng because he sacrificed one of their own or like, i don't oh, uh, i no. i didn't read that i i kind of get what you're getting at then yeah, because yeah. i saw it too that they weren't they weren't thrilled about this choice from throng um morgan was not in their eyes meant to stay yeah uh and I, at least that was my read. Um, and I, I do think it's important, you know, to remember that like men aren't very valuable uh, in the same way for the, to the yeah. eyes of the night sisters. Yeah. Um, they're using. Thrawn, and so yeah. like, yeah, 100 percent. They're they're not they're going to reach an impasse with Thrawn at some. Point. Oh, yeah. Um, they're using each other until 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 they won't be anymore. And because they're both bad guys, they're going to turn on each other eventually, I believe. Everything, everything up to this point, right? Like that, Thrawn's been doing has cost him stuff. Like they, they've used their magic to revive his troopers to do things like that. But this was the first time where it cost them someone they communicated with. They just transformed they her. About. They just turned her into a, like a cool lady. And well, they like, did it because they wanted to give her her best shot, but they knew she was going to die. Yeah, uh, and like that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, but hey, they are the des- they are like the weaves of fate. Maybe they knew this the whole time and yeah. they were cool with it. I I, I read that scene. I read that scene a little differently. I read it as when they were walking by, they're like, "Sorry, Morgan, you suck. It's time for us to leave. Thanks for helping us." <laughs> like they were using her just as much because she. I don't know, like if they said it's behind the scenes, but like she's not like a true Dathomirian. She's a lady. She's a normal looking lady. Right. So like I think they are even maybe like thanks, thanks Morgan, but she's we don't need you. She's a family. Like oh thanks Morgan, okay. you're not a true nice sister. We actually don't need you anymore. Thanks for helping us. That's kind of how I read it. But like mm-hmm. both are both like yours. I, think, I, I do think there's a stink of like this was a cost that wasn't supposed to occur. Sure. Like they're accepting of it. Yeah. But like it's not it, it's not the way it was supposed to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there there's something in there where like again this just goes back to i would have cared more about what morgan's doing if i knew that greater good that uh the the death the the death sisters all want yeah yeah Yeah. greater good greater good yes (laughs) uh okay okay yeah i I could kind of i could kind of see how that how that works out too oh i'm looking at the notes and you're right yeah because they upgrade her with her blade and everything before thrawn makes that call so yeah they just brought her into the fold so no i don't think that they were yeah they they weren't happy about this yeah that makes sense they they just honored her and now they have to leave her they just give her the blade of talisman that's like yeah that's a big deal yeah Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. i love i love thrawn's speech at the end i think i think that is personally the the most like i feel of thrawn we're like, uh, uh, you know, I knew I knew your plans because I knew your master and you did your best, but you suck. Have a great day. Long live the Empire. I thought that was awesome. I love Lars. Yeah. It's so it is so good that today, he's back Astron. Today, the victory is mine. Yes. I love it. He's such I'm so glad to have him back. Uh, it's yeah. a shame we'll never meet. 
perhaps now we never will. Yeah, that's so mm -hmm. good. Again, could you imagine? I, I hate rewriting stuff, but like they're running up the stairs as he's saying this speech, and the second yeah. they get up there, boom! I'm like, ah, oh, that's all, guys. Or, or maybe like the ship is like too far away. Yeah. And as they're going up the stairs and it's like, you know, they're, they're, they're making it up there. And he's saying like the, uh, uh, I, I knew how you would behave in this battle because I knew your master. And she's like, what? One has to wonder how different you two are. And she like holds for a moment. It's like, oh, so good. We don't have time. And it's like, you have all the time in the world. Yeah. I'm already gone. <laughs> so uh <-huh>. <laughs> it's like, bah. like, I mean, I know this, that. this would be a thrall thing to do, but he's just like standing on that part of the, of the, of the star destroyer, like looking down, flipping him off as he bolts into hyperspace. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's essentially want, what he's doing. You want that punch of you already lost. And I just don't feel like the episode hits that the way yeah. it should have yeah because ezra yeah. got off the ship and that's that is a win for our heroes in my opinion mm -hmm. you know and again i don't i don't need my heroes to lose or anything but like the point of this was like big throng bless you throng's big return and like he does return but like in like i feel like a small way there's like a thousand caskets on that ship those are a bunch of like dead knight sisters and brothers right they're about to resurrect a bunch of zombie people yep. they're yeah. about to do some crazy crazy ass shit oh, ben you didn't watch the clone wars but you did play jedi fallen order so you I know all about those order. crazy people resurrecting dudes. They hate dudes. They make them zombie men. <laughs> I love it. Um, the I thought the rush on the gate where the hellfire is coming down. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought that looked really good. That was a good sequence. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Howlers are so cool. Hu Yang uh, reveals when Ezra asks that Ahsoka left uh, and because she from training Sabine because she felt she was training for the wrong reasons. Oh, yeah. Because of the Purge of Mandalore. Yeah. I could have used more on that because it yeah. feels different than what they said before. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's, I guess, explore, to explore later, I guess. Or never. Yeah, I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't. What's the final shot I of the show? Many... It's Balin, right? It's, no, it's Anakin. Oh, it's Anakin. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which I actually think is really sweet, to yeah. be honest with you. I yeah. think it's really nice. Uh, for me, it worked. Um, yeah, I thought it was it... a really, really peaceful. Uh, like there, I know there's a lot of like what's been going on, but uh, as it built up, it's moments of like you know really beautiful shot of Thrawn approaching Dathomir, yeah, which I thought was really good, um, and the Balin and the Shin of it all, and then you have this <laughs> moment with Ahsoka and Sabine, and Ahsoka seeing Anakin's Force Ghost, yeah, uh, uh, just there on the planet, uh, and and like that the idea that he is now with her on the journey, even if we won't see him much, uh, or we might again, but well, like, even thing. if we don't. Like this idea that he his journey is now next to her in the force. I have a feeling that he somehow will be more involved because again, going off the Mortis stuff, he has the scar, and the statue of the sun has a scar. This is and and I kind this is also why I kind of like it because again, thematically, I'm saying like you know I don't know if Balin's going to be connected to the father. I I'm suspecting he might be because yeah. you've got the daughter and the son right there. Yeah, uh, and we now have them in the same location, even if it's just through yeah. the force. Hey, Fortnite fans, you can get Ahsoka and the Morai uh, uh, owl as a, as a little backbling in Fortnite. It's great. I got him. Cool. Playing him. Love it. I need to do that, uh, especially now that I beat Tears of the Kingdom. Yay. Um, uh, going on the Anakin Force Ghost bit, I loved it. I will unapologetically say I loved it. I thought it worked great with the theme. I thought it it just the it people can I can already see people complain about it. Oh, it's fan service. It's blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's it's much more than that. And it wasn't just seeing Hayden Christensen again as Anakin Skywalker. It was just the seeing Anakin's Force Ghost with Ahsoka and just like it was it reminded me of a lot of that scene at the end of return of the jedi where, where it's like 
where Luke has Obi-Wan, he has Yoda, and he has Anakin. But Anakin's like, I am also really important to my apprentice. I am going to help her through whatever she needs to do. I'm with you, Ahsoka. I think to me that was just like no, to to me that was just like a it was a great moment. It was nothing flashy, nothing big. It was just Ahsoka looking out and and the camera panning back and seeing Force Ghost Anakin and him just there smiling. I'm like, yes, I like that. All for this. I think, and again, I I I love Sabine so much. I think it's just like I I don't need Sabine to also see that he's also there because like now you again now you're. Yet sure. something you have to tr- you have to like yeah, yeah, be in yeah, tune yeah. with yeah, the yeah. spirits yeah. like and that. And to be fair, she doesn't see him. She like sees sparkles, something, sparkles, in some the kind of light. image. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but I love the Ahsoka I, I part. I, the Ahsoka stuff, I, I I agree with. I think that's great. And again, I I, I think I'm totally fine with Anakin being more involved because uh, you know they they stick around for a while once you're a spirit. Like Ben shows up all the time and, and stuff like that. So like I have no problems with that. So like I am so interested in all that more stuff. I I really like. Again, besides execution, I like all the story stuff basically that happens in, in this finale. And overall, despite sounding pretty negative, I I really like the show. I do. I just think like there's there's maybe it's just one of those things where like I don't know if you always just need one writer for an entire show. That well, yeah. like I think part of the thing is that you know who knows one way or another. Um, it's not going to be this way going forward because it's no longer allowed to be WGA but, baby uh, because of the WGA. As as Brandon alluded to when you guys uh, did your podcast discussion last week mm-hmm. um uh, <laughs> a while ago in context a when, year from I now remember now uh, for when this is coming out because the screen actors guild is still striking so this episode isn't released until later but at a point in a podcast when this was recorded brandon brought up that uh you know what was one in the writers guild strike contracts and everything was uh this kind of thing where it's not going to be a single writer you need these other perspectives of the room i think you guys talked about that really well kind of shows why brandon's probably not in this discussion yes um and so uh dave but i think there is also I, i'm not we don't know and i'm not going to say that this this gives any leeway to anything but we don't know that this situation wasn't put on dave filoni yeah instead of uh, a choice yeah um and that he might have been forced to be the solo writer for this uh and and not been given those either perspectives it doesn't matter either way when we come back for the next thing um he'll have a writer's room yeah it's it's not going to be his choice he he either way um I, but i do wonder because like we have suffered from John Favreau too. Yeah, uh, having the solo writers uh, too much on these right. last Star Wars projects, and so I'm hoping that this new change, regardless of if it's something that is giving them the freedom they didn't have before, mm-hmm. or is making it that freedom exist, is going to benefit them because you need people in the room to recognize these things that aren't quite lining up about the characters and the story you're wanting to tell. Absolutely. Right, and I, I do want to have. I, there's a few things I want to say about that. Then I'll probably dip out because I have to go get ready to record my D and D. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah show. Of Sorry, guys. You're um, fine. But going on Dave Filoni, because there's two things about Dave Filoni that I really want to talk about. I really want to talk about. I saw a TikTok the other day about um, there's a few Star Wars creators, like content creators out there, who are essentially praising Dave Filoni. You know, putting him on a pencil, saying that he's saving Star Wars and yada yada yada. And there's another con. And there are other content creators saying. That is getting way too like making him the idol is dangerous. Sure. And sure. I 100% agree with that. Now, I'm not here to saying that Dave Filoni is saving Star Wars. I think he's doing great things with Star Wars. But as we talked about earlier, there are more nuggets of great storytelling that we can dig into, such as like the character progression between Thrawn and Ezra that we didn't necessarily get. And I now 
And once again, I'm not bashing Filoni as a writer. I think he's a good writer. I think he has great ideas. And now that he is going to get a writer's room in the future, I think that is going to help Star Wars even more going forward. Sure. Because there's also a moment back in the Clone Wars where um, there's um, Sam Witwer was talking about, I don't know if he was in the writer's room or, but he was there for something. And Filoni was talking about, he wanted to do a scene where Anakin is talking to the ghost of Shmi, his mom saying yes. like, yeah, I found a wife. And then, uh, and Sam raises his hands like, um, she met Padme already, episode yep. one. And then Dave just goes, ah, shit, you're right. You know, that moment of like, yeah, because I think Filoni has amazing ideas. And I do think that having a writer's room is going to help because then you can have not to necessarily have fact checkers there, but also you can have people who will be like, okay, that's a good idea, but maybe let's work on this angle. And you have more eyes and more open perspectives. So, well, um, and this is this is why I was saying, like, you know, I don't know, but it, it wouldn't surprise me entirely if we found out that this situation had been forced on Filoni, only right. because, like, this is not how Filoni ran Rebels or Clone Wars. Filoni has very broad, big ideas, but he was not a solo writer on those shows. No. Right. Um, like, he wrote episodes, but he was not the solo guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and he he has a very good big brain of of the broad ideas and themes of what star wars needs to have yes and minutia stuff sometimes he has it i'm not saying like he he always misses he can do some of the small stuff really really well um but but i don't think he's i don't think anybody should ever be burdened with having to have like yeah. all those broad theme ideas right. and do the minutia all by themselves all the time that is That's so funny because you know who you're describing is george lucas <laughs> literally describing George Lucas with the prequels. No one should have that much power over one thing. Right, you, need, sure. you need eyes on everything or else you get too narrow-minded on what you think is right. right. Uh, I 100% agree with that. And like, there's a lot, obviously, of Dave Filoni, or George Lucas in Dave Filoni, uh, not just in his writing, but also his directing. He's, very fl he's a very flat director. Uh, he's very <laughs> stagnant. Uh, so I, I, I don't want him to direct a lot, if I'm being honest. I, I will say that, and also to extrapolate on Sparks's point a little bit more, even with a with a franchise like Star Wars, because Star Wars has, let's be real, in over forty, almost fifty, oh god, fifty years, almost fifty years now, Star Wars has become so much grander than anything else. Grander than the Lord of the Rings, grander than all these other franchises that've been around for for years, and you, and with Star Wars, you do have to have more eyes on certain things. And I feel that I what's I, I know I keep saying this over and over again, but the point being that good when Filoni has good ideas, they are good. There's no debating that. But you can like refine it a little bit more. Like I still think that with Thrawn and Ezra being on that planet alone for ten years, there should have been more. There should have been more of a character, not maybe like a full-on character twist, but there should have been more at stake. Like Thrawn should have. I felt like when Thrawn is first. Um, uh, revealed in this show, he should have been more ragged. Like he tried to keep his suit nice and clean. Like yeah. it was way too clean for us. Uh, this is way too clean for me. Whereas Ezra, full beard, he full beard. His hair grew out again. It's like yeah, time has passed for this guy. Whereas when you look at Thrawn, he's he should be more ragged. His his suit should have some stains on it that he just couldn't get out. But then you look at all the stormtroopers. Uh, some of their armor is being held together by tape. Mm -hmm. I I can accept that Thrawn would have 
like one suit that he was keeping for like the day I get to go home kind yeah. of thing. But again, this is where the flashback stuff would come into play where you saw like mm -hmm. a longer haired Thrawn, something like the comic. The, yeah, the book, um, the comic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a, a Thrawn who's, who's got like the, the, the bad outfit and in the dirt and all that kind of stuff. And he, you, it adds more to have that juxtaposed he, against, yeah. I've cleaned myself up for the trip. He's home. had his, his tailored suit like in, in like a, a closet for 10 because, years. Waiting. Because what it tells you is that he like wants to present the idea of like, this hasn't affected me at all. That's the thing. And like, but yes. if you see the flashback stuff, it's like, nope, it oh, has. That's the step that I wanted. Like, oh, sure. you think this 10 years have done anything? It hasn't. It actually has. It messed him up. And we like, don't see it yet. It doesn't mean that that stuff can't still be revealed. Um, I it just is so. a bummer that it didn't happen here. Right. Uh, and like, we might learn more about that. Who knows? Uh, yeah. But it, but it is a bummer that it didn't happen here. I, I'm encouraged by the fact that we didn't have to. The main thing is, I'm just really glad Ahsoka did go the route of like, we are leaving things where we are going to follow them up in other stories because we're not trying to tell this whole story in one season because I do think if they tried to do all this in eight episodes, it would have really fallen flat. And I don't oh, think yeah. it totally fell flat on its face. I think it stumbled, but I still think it got out of the gate a lot of good stuff. Absolutely. I will I will definitely say that watching ah Ahsoka and watching, watching Rebels and watching Ahsoka as a one cohesive whole, it, once again, just like what Rebels did, it reignited my love of Star Wars. I oh, yeah. am glad how Ahsoka went from like very stoic to more like, okay, shit's like the Ahsoka I know of from the few episodes of Clone Wars I have watched. Mm -hmm. And I am just, I am really intrigued and I'm really happy to see what moves forward. Of course, seeing Ezra again, Hera, all the rebels, the rebels crew back at it. I'm, it makes me excited to see where this is going next. No I am. He got well, name dropped. He did. He did get name dropped, but I cannot. I am so looking forward to after at the end of the show. It did it made me go, oh, there could have been so much more. I don't want to wait now. It the finale was the the, the final episode, not the best, hundred percent. I do agree with Ryan. Episode seven, mwah, amazing. Or even the episode with a, my my two favorite episodes are episode seven and the episode which I think is three, where Ahsoka is in the realm between in the worlds between. Sure, because yeah, those yeah. those are fantastic episodes. So that's four. That's four. Thank you. Episodes four, episode seven are fantastic. Oh yeah, and I am excited for what comes next. I don't feel well, like I was five. short. That might be five. <laughs> Either way, that episode yeah. and this one, yeah, they are. I am excited. I cannot yeah. wait to see what is down the road. I am not. Yeah. I this was so much more of a better ending, or at least a better. Even though it was a bit of a setup, but this still told a cohesive story. And I did not feel like I did the end of Mandalorian season three, where I was like, that's it? Yeah, this despite one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this this show got me was like, okay, we know the stakes are there. We know whatever's coming next is gonna be big and bombastic. I am for it. I am 100 yeah. percent ready. Instead of instead of me asking where they gotta go next next in a um negative manner. I am excited. It's not like, once again, to bring up Mandalorian season three, where it's Grogu. Don't get me wrong. I like seeing Grogu and, and um, Jinjar and just hanging out and being the father and son duo that they are. But I'm just like, you could have had more there. No, yeah. I, I, you know, yeah. Despite, like, again, like being, having a lot of negative thoughts, like, I'm still, I still really like this show. Uh, and I'm excited for the future of it. Like, I, like, I didn't really care for the ending so much but like i'm still really enraptured with all the characters and the journey and like the the things that they decided to do with the, the show and the performances are incredible yeah. like again ezra that dude popped off that rebels like he the really rebels did. animated show like that dude's so good this is. is the this is the most happy i am about live action star wars right now 
on TV. Besides Andor, since, of course. Since Mando season one, yeah, removing Andor, which is that's an HBO least. show. It doesn't even count. Yeah, <laughs> this I agree. Ahsoka is my favorite thing since Mando season one. Like I, I really, and I really pop for it. I, I feel that Andor is that that one that one exception with live action Star Wars where it's just just too damn good. Dude, that movie just, that shows better than like most movies that come yeah, out. Yeah. Like nothing's gonna beat Andor. <laughs> I don't know if season two can beat it. If it does, like we have like the greatest show ever made. Like, I, 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 I just love how a character that we were all we weren't shitting on Andor when it before it came out, but it's like yeah, yeah, no, we were. No, we no, were. We were. I was 100 we percent like I remember. Why are we making an Andor I show? remember. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, it's like why are you making this guy about who dies in Rogue One? And then we see that the first then we watch the first episode. It's like never mind. We're shut up. No, yeah. Thank you, Tony Gilroy. That's what happens when. Sometimes Star Wars fans, like people who don't need to be Star Wars fans, make something. It's like, damn, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Ben, I know you have to go. Do you have any final thoughts before we before we actually wrap it up? Um, fi- like final, final, final thoughts. It's worth the watch. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka, one hundred percent worth the watch. I would highly recommend some knowledge. Now, it's not. I'm not saying it's required. If you have the time and you want to go through it, try to get through Rebels or at least watch some recaps on YouTube. It's worth it. Ahsoka, I'll, I'll, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. I mean, personally, I would say just watch the whole show. It's only four seasons. It's it's a it's a very fun watch. I once once again, as someone who's done it, it is truly spectacular. It's you'll get good. a lot more. You'll get a lot more out of it. But Ahsoka, as it as it stands, I really enjoy the show. Um, yeah. This is um, of course it's not better than Andor, but I will say I enjoyed ah- Ahsoka a lot more than I have the past few seasons of The Mandalorian. And the show now has jumped up in my rankings of Star Wars shows, and it made me happy to be a Star Wars fan again. It made me really excited to go. Uh, when I went to Downtown Disney with my fiance this uh, last week, we went to the Star Wars store, and I saw the, the Ahsoka merch, and I just smiled because I'm like, Ahsoka's yeah. awesome, and yeah. I'm just glad that this character is getting a lot more recognition than she did when she was in the Clone Wars, and I'm glad that the Clone Wars show was getting a lot more eyes on it. Hopefully. And it's just more star people watching Star Wars and people loving Star Wars just makes me happy. Yeah, it's and, nice when people are positive. Yeah. Yes. And I would say that the show is a step in the right direction. Of course, we've had some criticism about it, but all in all, worth a watch. Highly recommend it. And it's just a good time. It is a good time. I, and that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. I will say that it's tough. I was talking with some other people who haven't watched Ahsoka, haven't watched Rebels, all that kind of stuff. And they're like, yeah, I don't know about Ahsoka and, and like that. And I'm like, I think you'd like it. But the thing is, like, I think you'd like it more if you watch Rebels. So I think you have to watch Rebels. And they're like, do I have to watch Ahsoka, though? And I'm like, well, if you want to give a shit about live action Star Wars for the next like five years, kind of. It is kind of the double edged sword. We're like, we've made this this animated character live action with baggage. Like, like you don't have to watch it, but like probably live action Star Wars for the next five years, most of it's not going to be for you. Yeah, it's and that's a tough pickle, man, that I, I know people are struggling with because people, again, we've talked about it in the past, but like people just don't want to watch animated shows and that sucks. That is that is shitty, but I, I get it. But like, this is now Star Wars for the next like five years, y'all. You got to get on board. Quick quick little side story. Um, At work, there was this gentleman I knew um who was working on the dock at my job and he would bring a portable dvd player with him and he was a huge star wars fan like he he bought the millennium falcon like the big giant millennium falcon set like he the built set? it yeah the, the big lego set oh, hell yeah dude I wish. um and there would be times where i would come to work and he is the last time i saw him he must have been like well in his his late 40s early 50s or maybe later than or maybe older than that but he would be watching the clone wars like he would have his little dvd player up 
and he would watch episodes of Clone Wars at work when he had downtime. Oh, and yeah. uh, we were talking about it, and he was like, yeah, I'm really enjoying the show. And this is a 40s, 50-some-year-old man watching an animated show. And when I was talking to him about it, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, why are you watching this kid's show, you old man? It was a little more like, so is Clone Wars really that good? And he was like, oh, yeah. It's like, because there. we would talk about Star Wars, and I would talk about how I would ask him where he was because I didn't want to spoil it anything. And it was all very positive. And he was telling me about how watching Clone Wars made him love Star Wars more. That's why he went out and did all the Lego stuff. And just thinking about that, whereas if someone like him could be watching the show, like, yes, it's an animated show. Some people could say it was made for children, whatever. If he says this is good, it's got – I mean, it doesn't have to be good. I mean, obviously, art is subjective. Everyone will have their different, will have different things to say about it. But one of the takeaways that I will never forget is that he talked about how much he loved Ahsoka and that he oh, was yeah. hoping and praying for a live-action Ahsoka, and now we have her. I'll say, yeah. like, this felt like a Star Wars show. Like, it mm-hmm. felt like like – Again, like weird to say because we've had Obi Wan and Boba Fett, but like this, this is like what I want my Star Wars to feel like, like next to Andor. But like this, it felt like you know we're everyone's like we're one with the Force and we have lightsabers, but it's not the core of it. And like, and like we're exploring new worlds. Like that's what I like about Star Wars and like the underdog story. And like this is what that's what I felt like this had. Uh, and I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it, it felt it felt like it felt true to what like Star Wars is. And again, Dave Filoni loves Star yeah. Wars more than anyone on the planet. So like, mm-hmm. good for him. Yep, and now I really have to go. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Ahsoka is amazing. I would highly recommend it checking it. Definitely watch it. I am so glad I was able to do this with you guys. It has been a blast. Uh, We're going to find you. Yeah, uh, Ben Magna 27 everywhere, all social medias. That's how you can find me. And uh, my friends, as I leave here, may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you, sir. See you, Ben. Bye, Ben. Bye. All right. We'll do wrap-up stuff. Uh, so this is the end of our Fake Nerds Watch discussion on Ahsoka. A uh, lot of positives, a lot of negatives. But uh, overall, yeah. we're pretty happy uh, looking forward to the direction of where things can go. Oh, I've never um, even... I know the wolves are on either side of them, but I've kind of never really paid attention. I'm like, is that supposed to be Bailman and Shin? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's just also him still liking Norse mythology and yeah, yeah, interpreting yeah. that a different way. And then I don't think they're the same thing. No, I know. I just I but, forgot that they were there. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, like the wolf wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so uh, you can check out whatever else is coming out uh, on Fake Nerds Watch, Fake Nerds Cinephiles, Real Score, all that kind of stuff that's coming out around the time when this decides to release because everything comes out in an order that we recorded it in. Maybe Loki. After, after the Screen Actors Guild strike is over, uh, Loki will be also on the docket uh, right after this, so check that out. Um, all that fun stuff. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you've hopefully been checking out all our basement arcades and our I book forgot. clubs that have been going on. Uh, those are all out there. So uh, you can find everything at fakenerdpodcast.com. Uh, follow the audio feeds, check out our YouTube channel, all that kind of stuff. Like and subscribe. Uh, you can find me at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Ryan, where can hey, you find you? You can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Just being happy that I like a Star Wars show. Uh, and that'll do it for now. So we'll catch you next time on Fake Nerds Watch. May the force be with you.